You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch potatoes i'm alex and we are still recovering i feel a little bit from the uh the pre-game pre-show which only three episodes two episodes in and i'm starting to uh second guess the format (laughs) fuck you dustin And if you want to know what we're talking about and why blue flame is now a uh, phrase that I will forever uh, be scared of, uh, make sure and click that uh, YouTube link in the episode description and watch our pregame pre-show on that one. But yeah, how you doing, Chris? How you feeling? Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm getting there. You, you seem to be sinking into the chair a little bit. We're, we're, we're yeah. grooving. We're mellowing out some. Yeah. Just not letting that shit get to you. There's... There's a burn to it. Yeah, there, there really is, and and you you definitely championed that a lot harder than I did. I yeah. I pussied out, and I have no problem saying I did because again, I value my health, and, and it burns all the way down. It wasn't gonna be worth it. Yeah. Nope. 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 Sorry. But no, the the second one was a lot better. I yeah. like that. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I I think this is also just reaffirming why I'm a, a green person mm-hmm. and not an alcohol person. Oh, we'll be talking about that green here in a little while. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, but uh, TV's still on. Um, one of the things we were talking about before uh, the show is just, uh, we've talked about food competition shows mm-hmm. in the past, and uh, you actually mentioned something that I don't think we really talked about on that, but might be just kind of a good launching point for us today. You said that you liked stuff like Kitchen Nightmares, mm-hmm. uh, but you did not like Hell's Kitchen because of the competition aspect. Yeah, so I liked Hell's Kitchen because you know he's going to an actual restaurant that is failing there's something they're doing that's not right so he's going in there and fixing it so he's acknowledging the problem fixing the problem and whether or not they you know accept it is on them right so there is you know personal responsibility but the problem i had with hell's kitchen is this is an active restaurant that's being used as a competition which i had a problem with because if i'm ordering food from let's say me and you decide to save the money go to hell's kitchen and me and you order you know fucking palm frites and a sirloin you know we want it done right yeah but there's a chance now that some fucking cook some chef they have on there who's having a bad day is going to fuck that up to where it's not going to be at the level of which we're paying for it no it wouldn't it wouldn't leave the kitchen yeah it wouldn't what no it has before that's that's the thing i have i've seen episodes where food has left the kitchen yes and 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 people bitch and and i'm sure that's also a bit staged it is it is but if you're going to do a competition show this is where i have a problem with it it is there is a staging aspect to it this goes to reality television in a whole uh but what i had a problem was is you know he's at he's the expediter in this in the contest right and he's making sure they work as a unit you have a red team and a blue team classic way to you know do us do a test and eventually one of of each goes and they rearranges the team yep and you know 
as someone who's worked at a kitchen, you want to rearrange a team if you have to, if someone is failing on that team. You know, the wink link has to go. Yeah. But he's actively early, early, you know, shows early seasons. He actively let him fail to where it got to his point. Okay, if he's shouting out orders and he's turning around, granted he's an expediter, he should be turning around and being like, "All right, who do I see that's fucking up, sweating a little too hard, you know, can't catch their breath, you know, stuff like that." That's what I had a problem with. With it was, and that's you know adds to the staging effect of it. Yeah. <clears throat> If Man, that's that, your, that blue fire is still kicking me in the throat. <laughs> if that's still, if that's your job, and you're actively watching people about to fail, you know, because I work at places where I catch people who are about to fuck up mm-hmm. at my job, and you know, I'm watching just thoroughly enough to be like, hey, hey, we can't do that. We have we have to put that over here. We can't. That won't work, right? Same thing at your job. You yeah. know, if you see someone trying to sell somebody something in this wrong price, you're like, mm-hmm. well, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you, you know, there's a deal on that, or it is. Yeah, yeah, that's no longer on the deal. Yeah, yeah. So you're actively working, you know, to let it be a contest like that, where you're serving food. To me, even in a reality sets, and I know it's fake, is fucking dangerous. Okay, because you're having somebody who's making somebody's food, and if they make it wrong, it can be dangerous. It can lead to a, a bad effect. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a contest reality show, and the, the effects are limited. Well, and what I was also going to mention is I, I feel that that would be the case if, like, you know, our local Applebee's mm. started up a cooking competition. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to think about, you know, production insurance and also for mm. the fact that, you know, you know, love them or hate them, you know, Ramsey knows his shit. So, yeah. you know, if it doesn't pass, you know, we've seen plenty of episodes where, you know, he sent an entire team, you know, back to the dorm because they kept fucking up a dish over and over. So, I mean, if something's not up to his standard, it wouldn't leave. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the risk aspect. That is correct. But under the umbrella of it being television and a Ramsey thing, I, I would feel confident in eating that. Yeah, it's not so much eating it. It's just I don't like the that 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 contest part of it for that particular event, as opposed to like Chopped or Iron Chef, you know, something like that, where or Beat Bobby Flay, where there's three people at the end of the line going to taste all this food, and they've been watching you cook it. The people, the regular customers who've probably signed a release or some shit, have said, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to get this food, and this is going to be up to his expectation because he's the best, and when I see him yelling at motherfuckers like, hey, you're fucking around, you're doing this, you're doing it wrong, and now i got to wait longer, which adds to the effect of eating food. It does. I have a problem with that. Like, it is, it's weird. No, and I don't agree. And, and I feel like, and the reason I understand where you're coming mm-hmm. from on that, even though I may not agree with it being on the Hell's Kitchen aspect, I agree because I feel the exact same way about uh, Ink Master. Yeah. I don't like how tattooing has become a competition. That the problem with Ink Master is it's permanent. Mm-hmm. That's the problem I have. And, with and it. see, and so it's like the, all the woes and problems you mm-hmm. arose. That's why I had nothing to argue because those are all my exact argue points for Ink Master. If someone fucks up your tattoo, there's no oh no, I got food poisoning and I'm going to be on mm-hmm. the toilet for the next three hours. Like no, I have a permanent thing on my fucking body. That's fucked up. And like the problem I had. Even with that, with Ink Master, there is a liability, same as you know Hell's Kitchen. The problem I had with Ink Master was this is supposed to be a contest show about tattoos. Okay, 
we're going to see some of their profile work before they go in. They have a specific style, which is fine. You know, I have a tattoo artist that does my stuff, and they have a very particular style. Yeah. They do quality work, and it's something I like. That's why they're my tattoo artist. I'll get a tattoo from a random person, too. But there's an, you know, an idea in my mind of, like, this is what I'm getting. Right. The problem with Ink Master was, all right, folks, we're back on episode three of season one. We're going to put our artist to the test. Okay, what are you going to do? You're going to have a tattoo together? Like, you got mural on someone's back? That would be magnificent. You know, let's see what it looks like. You know, a little bit of dynamism, you know? No, we're going to have them spray paint a wall. And it's just like, that's not their purview of art. Yeah. There's, I know tattoo artists that are perfect at tattooing that do the stencils, that draw their own art, that can copy art. But I'm not going to expect them to tag a fucking wall and know how to do that. I I don't want them to be well-rounded. I want them to be a master of tattooing. That's the point of Ink Master, a master of the one thing. I don't need you to show me how many Dixie cups it takes to make Pac-Man. All right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucking no, stupid. I, I completely agree. And and the other thing... And I, why is Dave Navarro there? Dave Navarro needs to be nowhere. But he's... What is he... Is he, like... Uh, has an affinity for tattoos? Because he doesn't have that many. Didn't he... Wasn't he married to Kat Von D for a while? She's not on the show, is she? She's... She was, I on, think. No, she had her own show. But she wasn't on Ink Master. Have her on Ink Master. Have a fucking a, someone who's had a reality show regarding tattoos that's somewhat stupid, but have her on the show and be a judge about tattooing. The other two guys were tattoo artists. Yeah. Maybe I want their fucking opinion. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is like, you know, so exactly what you were saying about, you know, okay, you've got all these tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. Okay, now spray paint this wall. You know, let's even take it even a step further inward. You're going to have an artist there that's it's exactly what you were saying different styles one's going to be great at american traditional one's going to be great at surrealism one's going to be great at portraits now you're going to get 10 12 different artists with different styles all in a room and they're going to be like all right guys welcome to episode three today for our ink challenge an actual tattoo challenge um we need everyone to mimic this style butterfly yeah no Okay, the, the the you know the portrait guy doesn't do butterflies. He, he yeah. could he could maybe do one, but I mean he's he's good at faces. You know he he could whip up an amazing portrait of Willie Nelson on someone's back. Uh, who knows about you know something else? You know, ask the portrait guy to draw this beautiful bold lined mm. ship. Mm, probably not. The American traditional guy is going to be like, bro, I got you all fucking day. Yeah, Check draws- out these lines. Yeah, but like even with that. You know, they would go out. I remember watching the first season. That was very compelling because the last three guys were actually very good at what they do. They could do all of that. And that's what I want to see is I want to see you go outside your element on the tattoo. Like, you could specialize in portraits, but still just do regular tattoo, like standard tattoos. That's right. That's true. And if you can do all of it and still master it, then yeah, that makes you the ink master. But when you're doing food, <laughs> like if I got a guy doing fucking Brussels sprouts all goddamn day and they keep coming out fucked up, after that first time, I'm going to need you to stop doing fucking Brussels sprouts and start cooking something else because <laughs> you're fucking this up. <laughs> and welcome to Hell's Kitchen. And like I don't, 
you should you should address that before people started coming in the door because they're paying a shit ton of money. People on Reddit who've been to Hell's Kitchen say it's like upward to two hundred fifty bucks a person. Oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous for like some steak and some fucking. It's French not fries. just some steak. I know, but it's not that. It's not worth two hundred. It's TV bucks. steak. Yeah, it's TV steak. They killed the cow in front of you, <laughs> mm-hmm. like the menu. <laughs> you get a personal handshake from Gordon Ramsay and a handjob. Handshake. handshake. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Ah, uh, yes, chef. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> what are you? I'm a idiot bastard. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich or whatever. I don't give a fuck. Well, well that's what I liked about the, you know what we watched earlier. Yeah. The, the, the idiot sandwich thing. You know, I liked it because both all three of those products were good that they've mm-hmm. made. They made three sandwiches each. You know, each made a sandwich. Turned out good. To an extent, it was like watching, like, oh, I got this sandwich from Jimmy John's, I got this from Chick fil A, and mm-hmm. then I got this from Pierre's Sandwich Factory. You know, like, <laughs> like the best fucking sandwich you've ever fucking had. My God. You know, but like, it's not saying those others were bad. Yeah. Yeah. They all did good stuff, but there was one clear winner. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of oh, like yeah. watching the playoffs. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, all these teams are good, but there's one that's just going to kick the dog shit out of all of them. <laughs> Well, and also because we watched the episode with uh, Rhett Link and uh, Josh from Good Mythical Morning and Mythical Kitchen, yeah. um, it, that was also kind of like Cartman sneaking into the Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh was just automatically going to obliterate both of them anyway. Yeah. You know, the, the other two are glorified talking. I love them, but they're yeah. just they're they read they don't write their episodes. They yeah. they're glorified talking heads yeah. for their show. But they're the ringers. Yeah, like, they're, they're, there's there's like Josh is the ringer in the mm-hmm. episode. It's like watching uh, Beat Bobby Flay, and it's just like, oh, I got. Uh, Sydney from Palo Alto, California, and I got Jeff from Raleigh, North Carolina, and then I have who's this? Three-time five-star Michelin star chef Eduardo Campuccia from fucking San Francisco, California. Oh, I wonder who's going to win the cooking show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the one that actually knows spices. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see someone like Guy Fieri go up against like Bobby Flay and like the really big ones and just been like I've made uh, Chilean sea bass with couscous and I made you know uh, uh, a perfectly marinated uh, tri-tip with you know this and that and hey guy what what's yours I made a filly with some chips. Oh no! It, it just it, opens a bag of chips. No, his, his, his would be like, was, you know. And guy, what did you make? I made a Philly cheesesteak with fried chicken tenders on the inside with some fuck you sauce. Oh yeah! And everybody's gonna be like, my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have the uh, the fried chicken and steak sandwich uh, <laughs> with the fuck you sauce. <laughs> I don't want to fuck chilean sea bass that sounds gross <laughs> what's in that fuck you sauce oh man but that, that, that brown sauce is banging what is that chocolate syrup <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I but it's like that diners drive-ins and dives that's the guy like of all the shows i loved that was the one as, as bad shit as he was go, seeing those restaurant guys been like yeah i made a fucking burger it's called a slam burger why is it called that because i slam it on the fucking grill and i sell it for nine bucks with fries and a drink he did uh he did a couple episodes from charlotte but his main charlotte episode what what were the places he's visited i don't remember you it's remember a, it's been a very long time since i watched it so i i remember at least the main three that uh he went to he went to the penguin he went to pinkies uh and yeah. then he also went to cabo fish taco yeah pinkies is fantastic mm-hmm the penguin is no longer here, but yeah. once was good, and Cabo was good about ten years ago. Yeah. It's just slowly gone downhill to the point it's basically McDonald's of seafood. Yeah, but like 
Charlotte's always going to have like a big, a city is always going to have a big, you know, restaurant changeover a lot of times. And, oh, yeah. You know, Pinkies is always good. Midwood Smokehouse is fantastic. Oh, yeah. But like where I'm from, that's going to be few and far between. There's nothing in my town. I will say this in Statesville, North Carolina, there's nothing good, like food wise, that isn't a chain. It's hard to find a good restaurant in my town, and it's going to be a very long time before that. How close that. are you to China Grove? Oh, it's, it's a little ways. Oh, yeah. So, China Grove is... A I was going to say, China Grove seems to have a little bit of good spots in it. Yeah, China you. Grove is a little bit different, though. China Grove isn't expanded, and, you know, my town is what's called a dead town. It's a big town, but it's dead. So, we literally had someone post a video on YouTube that's gotten very popular of our ball, uh, where it's covered in black mold in the ceiling, and it's falling down. Uh it's very it's very elaborate like how bad it was like wow you, like you went to a mall growing up like of course yeah and you remember how awesome the mall was oh yeah yeah that was our place and then they told then they slowly started destroying it from the inside where it was just like okay you can tell walmart's kind of kicking in the teeth you can tell a lot of people like the recession's going to hit a lot of places are going to go and like up until like 2009 that was a neat place to go because there was some stuff still in there but compared to like 1992 when it was the tough place to be where you could smoke in there and go to the arcade <laughs> you know? the good old days yeah the good old days and like that's when the mall was full see that's another thing is like what keeps a mall alive is the stores that are in it keep it full if you keep it but if you've got a mall with a bunch of stores that means you got a bunch of foot traffic and people ours didn't have shit Man, when you start talking about that, it really sent me down memory lane because there I've living in a bunch of different cities growing up. Of course, I had different malls, you know, growing up. None there've been other malls that were grander and larger and nicer. However, nothing will beat the mall that was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Now, I've not been there. Let's see, I'm 31 now. I've probably not been there. In close to 15 years, probably over, close to maybe 17, 18 at this point. However, that mall, I remember being the shit. There was, it wasn't an FYE, but there was another one of those FYE type stores in there. Yeah. And they had, well, and they had like all the music, all that stuff. Then there was... Oh, okay. No, I'm I'm mixing it up. There was an FYE that had the music, games, DVDs, all that. Then there was a second store on the opposite end of the mall that specialized in DVDs. So it was like a movie shop inside the mall. There was an arcade there, and then when you went up the because it was just a single floor mall, but when you went up the escalator, it was the movie theater. Yeah, and. It was that beautiful mid-90s, late-80s, pink, blue, purple, neon, fucking yeah. everywhere. Was it a bowling alley? Oh, my God. And it's like, I just remembered that so vividly. And that was where I saw Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition in theaters was at that mall. So anytime I think about that mall, one, I think about that movie, and two, it just get these vivid, vivid memories. Uh, there, was a, there wasn't a game stop. What was the uh, EB game? Games. There was an EB Games in it, a Verizon store, and this the weekly thing for me was to go in there and just hit every one of those stores, even the Verizon store, because yeah. I wanted to look at the new Razor. And there was probably like a bunch of niche shops that were in there, like a like a Carolina Card or something like that, or some place, or there was always a vendor inside the mall on the main floor who was like selling movie posters or fucking 
uh, specialized. Well, now it's vapes, but like back in the day, it was like you know, custom shit, you know, yep. or like hairstyle and equipment and stuff like that. That mall was the first time I remember getting so freaked out. Even mom was like, okay, yeah, that's a little too much. We were walking through and we walked past Spencer's. Oh, yeah. And it was right around Halloween time. And whatever animatronic thing they had up was like way, like, I, I still remember to this day, it was way more gruesome than like even what you still kind of see displayed at like Sears and stuff today. Mm-hmm. And they had it like in full display up on the thing, flashing lights, all that. And, yeah. And it was like bloody and disturbing, and like I, I remember that like really freaking me the fuck out, and like mom actually saying something. She's like, "Look, I like this kind of stuff." She's like, "But you like remember there are like young kids around. Like I'm not going to be the Karen, but like at the same time, like because they had another one off in the corner. She even pointed at that. She goes, "That's kind of cooler, and it's not as freaky. Why don't we put that one over there? Put that over there." And it was like this older rock guy, and he goes yeah yeah that that's a good idea we'll do that and then like literally the next week we went through and sure enough that display was the one up there so it was like even back then even the fucking spencers and hot topics they were just like yeah we're cool whatever (laughs) but like those those specialty stores you know like spencer's gifts that's what it was it was a gift place uh but it was also stuff like before the internet was you know really kicking ass and but yeah it's just it's just kind of weird man because you know a lot of those places had special restaurants inside too mm-hmm. like some of them you know would have like an orange julius or something like that. the bigger ones would have oh a food. the orange julius but, but like those would have food courts you know where you could just sit around and you know your buddy would have a pizza you would have a sub from like two different places yep you know that's how that was and now that ain't shit in my town dude not a goddamn thing um i realized it the other day when i realized i hadn't been at walmart in fucking so long because i just haven't walked into one mm-hmm and I remember like uh, mean mugging a guy at the fucking uh, who, was, who was supposed to check receipts when I, was, I had one item in my hand and I put it in my back pocket and had the receipt in my hand and I just looked at him waiting for him to say something because I just looked at it looked down at him because he was sitting down and he was in a wheelchair and I was just like mm-hmm and just walked past him and he didn't stop me at all just like yeah why is everyone getting so aggressive with these guys it's what's easy. the problem what, why, why is this such a big slap to the ego I think, I think it's it, it ruins the idea of you know you've gone around that whole goddamn store you've gotten the items you want to get you've checked them out okay and, and, and that's a separate argument you know, I'm not getting right, into right, that so, one. so most nowadays it's you check yourself out and the idea of being accused of stealing is what's pissing people off grow up yeah it's grow up until the point where you've had a rough fucking day and you go in and you've bought groceries for your fucking family and some asshole is trying to stop you and literally putting their hands on you that's the problem but but that wouldn't happen if just if it's it's again one of those things where it's like when you look at your day mm-hmm. you know what kind of stuff is going to cause the most issue and what's going to just make it just go through easy breezy standing there and wanting someone like trying to just push on past and making them stop you and put their hands on you there's and a difference the between, there's that a di- causes no, way hold on, more hold on. there's a difference between pushing past the motherfucker and then putting their hands on your shit well the only time i've ever well, seen them putting their hands on we're even on about, videos we're talking about i'm not talking about some of the stuff i'm, I'm talking about stuff i've seen in person this is why i stopped going was if you go through a checkout line, even if you go through a checkout line, they'll stop you. And that's the problem I have. Yeah. 
if you don't if you decide to make it if you're a big corporation like Walmart or if you're a big corporation like Publix or Kroger and you decide to go down that path of the self checkout you need to acknowledge that some people are going to steal some shit granted people are going to steal shit anyway but now you're going to have to acknowledge the fact that people are going to steal a few items here and there that's acceptance of business you decided to do that you saved a lot of money by not paying someone $20,000 a year but not fucking working at that store. Mm-hmm. You chose that. So you need to accept the fact that some people are going to steal some shit. I'm not saying don't stop the guy stealing a TV who rung it up as a pack of fucking gum. Like <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, and that's also what I was going to get. Is like, so, you know, if you want to look at the simple economics on that, I mean, someone getting paid even slightly above minimum wage is going to be after taxes, maybe carrying home 500 bucks a week, 400 bucks. Yeah. That, that could be the amount of theft in you know the first shift of yeah. walmart you know so it's, so even the argument of you know paying that versus the theft thing i i don't see it as such a big thing as if i'm walking out on my groceries without anyone fucking saying anything stopping for a second holding up the receipt letting old granny hold it look at it eyeball the cart i eyeball me the greasy looking rock and roller with the evil tattoos you know checks it with her little highlighter and goes god bless you that's so much easier than me just trying to get on past and them saying something and everything else so that that's why i don't see why it's such a big deal people take it's a big deal because there's the accusation of just being checked yeah, but I guess there's, it's, a, there's but an I guess accusation it's a, to that. But I guess it's also the thing of like, you know, if you said right this very second, hey, Alex, let me see the history on your computer. I'd have no problem because I'm not looking up anything. I wouldn't want mm. you to know I'm not looking up. If I was looking up something nefarious that I didn't want anyone seeing, then I might get a little defensive. <clears throat> well, why are you wanting to look at my computer, Chris? Well, but why? why? Why are you wanting to do that thing? Yeah, I may still have that question. Why do you want to look at my history as I'm handing you my computer? So I feel like the only reason someone would be even upset over the accusation is if they actually are doing something wrong in the first place. Yeah, see, like, but that, for me, who doesn't, I'm still going to be mad. Because that right there, your argument, is now the argument for the Patriot Act. Well, why are you mad the government's looking at your shit if you're not doing anything? Well, that's that's invade. That's a that's but, but apple that argument, and oranges though. But apples and oranges still fucking fruit, ain't it? So like, <laughs> okay, right. that that's uh, that's apples and tomatoes. It's still fruit. <laughs> it's still that's, fruit. That's why I said it like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> wisdom is no wisdom is knowing that. Uh, uh, knowledge is knowing that f- tomatoes are fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Bingo. <laughs> but like, but no, I, I, f- I, I, understand I see what, what you're, you're saying. I know what you're saying, but I am going to say this as someone who has to, who let's say has to go to fucking Walmart to get something. <laughs> if I go through that self checkout and I have to fucking stop, you better have a fucking reason. <laughs> well, I would because say the reason be, is, is because why does Walmart theft exist? is rampant. Why does Walmart exist? Convenience. If you get rid of convenience, it ceases to be needed. That, okay, that ten seconds is a cease of convenience. It is. It and is. That's t- then that's and that's like a lot of leeway. Ten seconds, like most of the time, it's that's not like ten a, seconds though. It's it, it, it's it closer be, to five. It's it's long. <laughs> Sam's Club. Sam's Club is a perfect example of that. Sam's Club has been doing it for years, but yeah. you pay a membership for that. But it's not all bagged fuck up, and I don't have somebody finger fucking my shit. Well, while well do you do you like getting patted down before going to like a big music venue or a amusement park? It's for safety of the public. 
Right, but but what for? You haven't done anything wrong. You have a clear that's a criminal record. Done, that's, that's to prove I'm not doing anything wrong. I have to know well, how that the person they, behind me isn't carrying a gun into the goddamn place. Well, how are they able to prove you haven't stolen anything? I haven't bought anything to begin with. At Walmart. Fuck them. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So it's like, but it's under the same guise, though. So if it's not for public safety, that's for corporate profit. That's a whole different game. Now, if they pat me down before going into Walmart, I'll be fine with because I don't need some fucking hit going in there spouting out some right wing bullshit while I'm trying to buy some popcorn. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I just I feel that getting a pat down is a much more intrusive pause. But that's also about public safety. That's not about a profit margin. There's one big difference between profit margin and corporate safety. But that almost sounds like what you were just saying with the argument of the Patriot thing. No, that's that what your argument was the Patriot argument. Well, I'm saying, but your argument now is what sounds like it though, yeah. because yeah. because you're saying, well, that's just a matter of public safety. Where I'm sitting here going, well, that's an invasion of privacy. Public safety and privacy are two different things. If you walk into a venue and we're let's say we're going to see Kiss or some shit, and you decide to bring a gun, it's like I'm going to make Chris's uh, Kiss's show last forever <laughs> and like start popping. This off is the real farewell tour, motherfuckers, and just pop Ace Frehley in the goddamn face. I'm like, yeah, that's a public safety problem, right? But if we're going into Walmart and we go through the fucking line and you steal a pack of fucking gum, I don't have to worry about you stabbing me to death with a pack of fucking gum. Now do I? You know what I'm saying? No, but well, yes. I say, I'm sorry, wrong response. Yes, I see what you're saying. If you say I don't understand, I'm gonna be fucking retarded. I'm gonna be like Alex is fucking retarded. I, I saw you about to levitate off of your chair, and I was all like, wait, 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 no, wrong word. Yes, I, I do this. understand what you're I saying. I will say that this is a very nuanced argument. It is, and it's a bullshit argument for the fact that we know that corporations have been lying about theft for the last year now and see and that's my other thing too is i'm trying to tiptoe around it because i'm really not trying to sound like a corporate apologist or like you know rah rah corporation if you're a corporate shield and this is all a psyop that's fine you <laughs> no. sell merchandise <laughs> yeah, well so it, that's the one side i'm having to kind of look at it from so it's like i understand that Walmart as an entity is too large to fail. Mm. You know, it's like they they can they like can Bank take, of America. Yeah, they they can take the hit after hit after hit after hit. They're they're going to brush themselves off, raise everything by 25 cents and be solid. Mm. But it's still under that premise of there what I, I I wish I had it pulled up, but there was a Walmart that did shut down due mm. to so much theft. Yeah. So, let's say you already said your town is a dead town. There's not a lot going on over there. If, you know, drugs and theft become a large thing at that Walmart with a lot of those prevailing arguments being don't check my receipt. Well, if, if all of a sudden they realize they're kind of cutting in too deep from it all and that Walmart goes away. Well, see, that's why I brought up the, it's a proven fact that that's not why they go out. It's the insurance they can't afford. Well, regardless, though, yeah. but that the cause and effect of now locks mm. on the doors that Walmart is gone. Yeah, there's gonna you can survive. You can get around it. You can go to your food lines and stuff. But you did mention there are moments you have to go to Walmart because mm. they've already boxed out the mom and pop shops. Mm. It's now they'll be gone. I I see it as a a way to keep 
the unfortunate large that's this is the thing i'm trying to tiptoe around i don't want to sound like i'm like being this big walmart supporter but without it sounding like a fucking you know bootlicker it's the way to ensure that they can stick around because yeah they can right now who's to say two years from now when everyone's getting so comfortable with it so like our it's walmart- like chris chris's neighbor's real comfortable with it Chris keeps seeing it. Chris doesn't have the morals. He does now. And all of a sudden, he starts kind of lifting a little bit more. You know, I even started noticing a Harris Teeter. No one's checking receipts, but I can't turn off the volume on the self-checkout anymore. And that was just a personal thing. I hate the thing yelling at me every time I scan something. Put it in the bag, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I hate the hearing that fucking robot hey, voice. Hey, this cocksucker didn't put it in the bag. Look at him. Look at him. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this dude just bought something for $20. Stare at him. Yeah. You know, it's because they always say how much it is. They don't mm. say the item, but they're just like, twenty nine ninety nine, yeah. And everyone turns around, what is he buying? Yeah. <laughs> that is a big-ass thing of toilet paper. But this is like, like a bigger conversation about economics yeah. that I don't want to have right <laughs> This no. is on history we forgot. Yeah. No. <laughs> but no, this is... Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on over to our news segment, because I got some shit to talk about over there as well. All right. And to kick it off with some local news... Uh, the Mad Monster Party is coming back to Concord, North Carolina. Oh, um, yeah. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I was thinking about grabbing some tickets, but I'm not entirely sure about that now. Yeah, why not? Uh, they've started releasing some of the attendees, and you will... So, so I'm guessing you just genuinely have not seen any announcements. I've seen one, but I didn't really pay attention to it, really. It's, it's probably the one. Mm-hmm. Um, take a wild guess at one of the celebrities that's going to be there. Boris Karloff skeleton. Kevin Spacey. Hell yeah, now I'm going. <laughs> Kevin fucking Spacey is going to be at the Mad Monster Party. That's fucking wild. Wow. Now, here's my take on it. Son of a bitch. Through and through. Monster. Asshole. I don't know why he's even been given the chance to do the event. However, that's all said and done. This is a free country. If folks are letting him get the pass, then I guess he's getting the pass. This is the major problem I have. They are apparently... And this is uh, apparently unconfirmed, allegedly. Mm. Uh, They are allegedly not honoring any refunds to ticket holders or booth holders that don't feel comfortable being in the room with him. Mm. And that's kind of where I have the problem with it. Because, again... I can just choose to not go around in that area if I don't want to. If I had a personal problem with Kevin Spacey. Mm. Um, But let's just say, you know, there's it's it's, this is not a stretch. Let's say there's a teenage boy that's got a booth there that's going to have to be in like the waiting areas with other celebrities and crew and cast. I would understand if he may not feel the most comfortable by himself with someone like him yeah i can understand that and that's where i have the problem is that they're not honoring refunds for booth or ticket holders allegedly that after that announcement we're just like yeah no i don't want to be part of this the only problem 
that I could see them having the people who who are hosting the thing is the argument that Kevin Spacey can argue that he was never convicted of any crime. If he's not been convicted of a crime, then he's not a criminal, and therefore the moral aspect of it is, oh, I can't have this guy here because he's a convicted criminal. Right. So there, there is an accusation from Anthony Rapp, another actor, that's, if, for those who don't know, it's the blonde guy from fucking Daisy Confused. That's guy. Yeah. A fantastic actor. I, I heard there was a few others, too. Like, yeah, well, this, I heard rumors, too. And that's like, why I'm saying yeah, heard. But I'm this not is speaking the, this is the definitively. Guy, but this is the guy who made the accusation. And if it's true, it's true. It's fucked up. If it's not, it's fucked up as well, you know. But he did disappear, basically, from Hollywood. They ended a whole show on Netflix prematurely because of the situation. Now, <laughs> One of their biggest shows right next to fucking Stranger Things. Yeah, so, you know, we let it die by the wayside. But the fact that we don't know it's true is the problem. Okay, now if, if, I'm, if I'm that young boy situation, yeah, that could be, you know, a deer in the headlights kind of situation. Like, oh, fuck, I've heard some stories. What do I do? You know, and I can understand. And the that. reason I say it's not that much of a stretch is because, you know, you look at some of these vendors and stuff, you know, yeah, kids are like yeah. written off these booths and selling their trinkets and shit. But I also look at it as if I'm the vendor holder. I'm the person that's hosting all these vendors and they've already, you know, called in for this. I can't afford to lose them because then it becomes like a domino effect. If like, well, if with Tony leaves, I got to leave. And if Benny leaves, I got to fucking leave, you know, yeah, it can but, cause but a domino. isn't that kind of, there is a moral aspect on the holder, on the host. There is, but on a more fucked up like dark humor side i gotta say if you're having a mad monster party invite a monster like like i gotta say like i gotta say you know if you you can't get mad if he invites someone who might be a monster you have a 100 percent point this is gonna be the real mad monster party i gotta say like i probably won't go yeah but if you were to tell me there was going to be a panel of Kevin Spacey, Mel Gibson, Charlie Sheen, and Carlos Mencia, <laughs> then yeah, I want to see these fuck-ups immediately. I want to see these morally ambiguous pieces of shit because those last three I mentioned, there's video of them fucking up. Yeah. Okay? Kevin Spacey, this is a fucking rumor. All right? Technically, by all aspects of the word, this is an accusation and rumor. Okay, I'm not saying he didn't do it, but I'm not saying yeah, he yeah. did either. I know you know. But Mel Gibson is fucking psychotic. <laughs> he okay, is. Carlos Mencia is a joke thief and a, another psychotic person. All right, Charlie Sheen has had a fucking show where he's psychotic. He said, like, I drank tiger blood and I gave some, some people AIDS. Like, ha ha ha. These people are proven crazy. Yes. <laughs> but I do understand the moral ambiguity of having Kevin Spacey there. But it's also one of those things. It's like, damn, his movies are good, though. Like, yeah, and, and I think just the argument I've got on it is, you know, stand behind what you do. Yeah, let them get their refunds. Yeah, you know, if you're if if you you know if all of this is true, it's all allegations, mm-hmm. it's all rumor, it's all speculation. If that is the case, okay, well, what? There's going to be maybe 20 ticket holders and maybe one or two booth holders that pull out, you know, by that sort of logic. What are you worried about? Give them their refunds so they shut up and and it doesn't become a thing. There's also this idea that 
people won't show up because Kevin Spacey's there. No, people are going to show up. Yeah, people are going to show up regardless. This is a, this is a, basically a con of a, of any, a convention of any kind. People are going to show up. Okay, I mean, you weren't even aware he was going to be there yeah, yet. But so, like, what I mean, else? Well, who else is going to be there? Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing too. Is, is you're like, what's your draw? You know, if I'm going to a show, who's going to be there? If I go to like the milestone, and I know my buddy Alex is going to play, and I know my buddy Mikey's going to play, I'm going to be there. But if I know someone who's a piece of shit is going to be there, maybe I'll just skip their part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm still exactly. going to pay my door fee. But like, I'm not going to expect a milestone being like, oh, we're never going to invite this guy because he's a serial rapist. It's like, first of all, I don't think you guys are going to pay attention long enough. They like, also do do that, yeah. though. But like I was saying, like, there is going to be a moral ambiguity to it. It's just like, but he's playing with blah, 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 blah. It's like, are you going to refund everybody? He's like, man, how dare you? It's just like, there's... Well, there- I mean, they, they would probably issue refunds before the show so like for instance mm-hmm. if it was you know like pre-sale shit yeah like if it was the alex band and the mikey band you know with tba mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden tba turned into the rapist band you know they you know one they would immediately get called out on social media mm-hmm. and then the band would get removed from the bill yeah. and, and that, that's kind of what they're looking for is it's kind of like they want one or the other either mm-hmm. one uninvite kev and if he's gonna stay then just refund my ticket because i since you're making the decision to invite this person, I don't want to give you my money for this decision. Mm. It's it's kind of that aspect, which that's the part that's really hard for me to argue. I'll argue the whole should he be there or not, which I have not argued. But the should I give you my money for that decision? I think that should work both ways. Yeah. Who's, I think, the, who's the other guest, though? I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up. That was just the main guest that I that saw. That was the shocking one. Yeah. Yes, uh, that was the one that everyone was talking about. But like if it's like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Well, that talk about another monster. Yeah. But yeah, like it, there is a kind of a, an idea of, you know, one out of the you know five performers that are going to be there. Let's see. This is still okay. This is the 2023 one. I might have to go to their Facebook. I went to their uh, website mm-hmm. to see. Last year had a pretty decent uh, crew, but I've already moved away from that, so you're not going to be able to know what it was. And like, how big is this kind of event? It really varies. I've been to a few of the Mad Monster parties, and they're honestly really fun. Um, I know that. I know the last few times they were at different uh, convention halls, but the last few years they've been in Concord, and the Concord one is pretty good. Let's see. Kane from WWE is going to be there. Okay, that's a big draw. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Um, I think those may be the first two. Oh, here we go. Here's the event page for it. As I was looking on their Facebook. In uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, cool. Uh, great actor. Uh, Felicia Rose. From fucking Sleepaway Camp? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, man. Ah, here we go. Here's a better photo. Now, 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 to scroll. All right. Tim Capello. Okay. Uh, the saxophone player. Uh, John Christ from Danzig. Um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth. John Glover. CJ Graham, uh, who played in, uh, Jason Lives. Uh, Marilyn Kagan, uh, Kane Notter from, of course, uh, uh, 
Jason as well. Kane Hodder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the wrestler Kane as well. Uh, let's see. A. Michael Lerner from uh, Curse of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taryn Manning. Jack Osborne. Uh, Jason Patrick. Tom Whoopet. W-O-P-A-T. Mm-hmm. Uh Tom Welling, Keith Sutherland. Oh, Tom Welling from Solo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Schneider uh, from Dukes of Hazard. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Michael Rosenbaum and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, cool. Lou Diamond Phillips is a great actor. So those are the ones right now. And this is going to be uh, February 16th through the 18th. Sounds like if you added, like, uh, uh, I think, like, two more people, you'd have, like, like, if you added Corey Feldman and... uh, uh, was it Diane Weiss? I think you'd have the full cast of fucking, uh, uh, oh, what was that movie? Vampires. Oh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, man. That bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's usually a pretty fun event. Uh, one year was a little crowded, but who knows? Um, this might be pretty fun if um, Kevin doesn't ruin it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, moving on from that, uh, I had something pulled up here. One of the things I was called jumping around. Oh, yeah. John Stewart is returning as the host for The Daily Show once a week through 2024 election cycle. Good. That show has kind of gone downhill. Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. Uh, I tried. I watched a solid week's worth of, uh, was it the Trevor Noah version? Trevor Noah is good at what he does. Mm-hmm. The problem is John Stewart made and break that show. And it's kind of like having someone like replace someone in a band, like, like, like Kiss. You know, Kiss had someone come in, dress up differently. Yep. And how'd that go? Yeah, it, it went okay. It just wasn't the same. But it's not the same. Exactly. It's you know same with anybody else. It's like I can't have somebody jump into Queen after Freddie Mercury dies and it still be the same. Yeah. It's not. They had Paul Rogers do it. They did okay, but it's not the same. Hmm. And what's crazy about The Daily Show is there was this prime time because guess what? John Stewart isn't the original sh- host of The Daily Show. He is not. No. The original host is a guy from ESPN uh, who did a fantastic job. Uh, then you do like Craig what, three, season, three seasons? Yeah, it's Craig Kilborn. Yep. Um, and But this is back in the early days of Comedy Central, back when A Piece of Shit was the biggest thing on Comedy Central, who sang Christmas songs. Um <laughs> But, you know, he made that show, and a lot of great comedians came from that show. Mm -hmm. John Oliver came from that show. Fantastic Stephen Colbert came from that show. A lot of people forget that shit, that Colbert came from that. Yeah, Samantha Bee. And a lot of people got their own shows and were actually guests and permanent characters. Like, Stephen Colbert was a permanent character on Strangers of the Candy. Yeah. That was a big show on uh, Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. And then he had the Colbert Rapport, which was the good send-off for the daily show those yep. two worked together perfectly that that was the golden age of comedy central because you had that and amazing episodes of south park yeah and they also kind of transcended the networks because another the third person of that is conan o'brien they worked together all three of them worked together and created this great trifecta of late night comedy mm-hmm. and you know you had john stewart who had this you know kind of satirical comedy about like what the fuck is going on you know everybody thinks about this george bush years but that's that's when his prime time but there was also the obama years where colbert was dominant 
but it was also the same thing. It was this satire that was perfect. And I remember talks back in like 2008. Why doesn't John Stewart run for president? Mm-hmm. You know, why doesn't him and Colbert run for president? Yeah, you know, that would have been the kick in the teeth. Yep. And then I, they, I remember they, they did a whole uh, commercial media campaign. Stewart when they were Colbert. Oh wait, yep. yeah. And you could buy bumper stickers and stuff like that. Though that was that prime time of comedy, and we don't have yep. that anymore. Because those guys realize, and they, the reason they didn't do it is because they realize that's not their job to run a country. Their job is to you know be satirists and point the finger at the illogical dumb shit. Yep. And I think a big part of this is because Apple uh, kind of dropped the ball with him on his talent because he made it well known that he wanted to cover certain aspects of his show on Apple te- Apple TV and they wouldn't let him. And now you're talking about a guy who is in creative control of a lot of his shit. And it's no different than being like, "All right, Alex, you know, you're putting out merchandise, but what if I said, "Don't you ever sell a something good for you t-shirt. It's fucking disgusting. Stop it." And you'd be like, well, "Why the fuck? What the fuck's up your ass?" You know? Yeah. You know, but you would understand like, "Okay, fuck you. No." Yeah. All right. Same thing. Mm-hmm. He's being told how to create his own content, and it's bullshit. It is. So he's going back to the people that are like, please, for the love of fuck. <laughs> we have nothing on this network anymore. You know, we, we've kind of sold everything to Paramount <laughs> and HBO. So, like, please come back. And, you know, the money they invested in those other comedians has brought them returns. Samantha B had her own show for a while. Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert is now the late night host, you know. And honestly, I'm glad both of them stopped when they did, because I remember there, even myself, I was really bummed out that both of their shows were ending right before the Trump election. Yeah. Like, right as it was kicking off, they were going off air. And I remember that being like both of their jokes, too, being like, I guess we're ending at the perfect time, huh? Because it was right as he, I think it was, um, what what are the uh, levels? It's like. You run, you get the nomination, and then what? You're elected into the primary. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so the way the election works is you have a caucus vote, and then you have the primaries, and then you have the main election. Yeah. So the Republic- okay, yeah. So he had just won the primaries. That's what it was, and they were just like, "Well, I guess he's really doing this now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're getting off the air at just the right time." And in retrospect, yeah, they did. Because I am really glad we didn't get a year or two of both of them yelling about Trump. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so much yelling because Colbert went out on the last before the last two years of the Obama presidency. Uh, after the second election of Barack Obama, that's when John left. Yeah, um, but John was also doing charity work. He was doing a lot of nine eleven survivors charity work. Uh, Stephen Colbert uh, was bowing out just because. Um, and Stephen Colbert was this parody character. Yeah. The Colbert Rapport. You know, this was a parody of some whacked out right wing nut job. He was a parody of that. Yeah. But then it got to the point where people started listening to those right wing nut jobs on on, mm-hmm. you know, Fox News. Rush Limbaugh had got a big bump before he got sent to hell and died. Um, yeah, he's in hell. I would, sure. love, I would love his golden microphone. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would be filled with shit. Um, <laughs> from the shit that spittle that came out of his mouth. But um, but they ended on the, on the high note because at, by the time they left, the last five or six of their sh- season runs, 
they all had Emmys. They mm-hmm. all had, you know, awards and stuff like that. That was the one that Colbert used to lord over John Stewart because he got his first. Yep. And he's like, what's this, John? And it's a daytime Emmy. And it's just like, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, that was that was another thing, too. This was an in-run joke between the two shows. Yep. You know, and they were able to keep it alive long enough for people like John Oliver to get on HBO, yep. who, ca- who carried the torch. And that show is perfect. You know, they had a little mitigated run during covid because they couldn't have an audience but that show was very well done it's very well researched and it's it's fucking fantastic but it's all because of the daily show yep the daily show was the end all be all and i remember at the end of every episode no matter who he interviewed there was like this is your moment of zen and it's just some fucked up video (laughs) of just people doing some stupid fucking shit yep or like it's always like some die. I remember one. It was like, "Here's your moment." Is in it's that guy who threw a shoe at George Bush. Yes. During a fucking meeting, he's like, oh, and George Bush is like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, nah, <laughs> miss me, you bitch. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll at least be interested in finally watching that again for one time a week. They're gonna be there's gonna be a first. The first five minutes is gonna just be nothing but people standing ovation. And oh, clapping. dude. Oh yeah, you know that first episode. As soon as he shows up, it's just gonna be clipped mics. <laughs> As he's just like with that like scared dog face he's got. Yeah, just just, just, just like calm down, calm uh-huh. down. I'm back, you bitch. And then that's what starts out the <laughs> again. Yeah, and like you know he's still going on some other stuff too. Like that's what's crazy. Yeah, and uh, kind of <laughs> stupid little piece of news I ran across. Um, the Stanley Cups are full of lead. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that's actually fake news. Uh, that made its rounds on Facebook. Everyone was freaking the fuck out, saying that their Stanley Cups had lead in it and that they're going to get lead poisoning and all this shit. Was Stanley it going to make you dumber and make make you buy more Stanley Cups? Clearly. So what is actually the truth? Because Stanley finally put out a fucking you know thing saying, "Stop yelling fire in the theater." Yes. Um, <laughs> quit yelling fire in the theater and quit yelling bomb on the plane. Uh, when you break the cup. There is insulation inside. Like a lit liner, yeah. Yes. And the liner has lead in it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you break the cup beyond the point of wanting to use it, you will get lead poisoning. Yeah, but, like, you, you still, like, if the cup's broken, you're not going to be drinking out of the guy. That's right? my point. I'm just like, everyone's like, because, again, it's, I knew something was going to happen. You had the big uproar about the Stanley Cups. This is all too positive. I'm still. I'm still Where's the negative? I'm still. I'm still wondering why the NHL hasn't stepped in. I mean, like, stop calling it the fucking Stanley Cups. <laughs> That's a proprietary thing. All right, of our trophy. Well, speaking of proprietary, I really want your opinion on this. No. <laughs> Power World. Power World. Have you heard about this? I'm excited about this. Yes. So Power World is for. Honestly, and for all intents and purposes, Pokemon with guns. Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, so, Pokemon has enjoyed the throne for a very long time. There has not been a competitor because no one has dared to go against them. Then Game Freak left and stopped making games for them. That's fine. We're on the Switch. Who gives a shit? We don't need Game Boy games. So when they when the developers came out with this game, they're like, "What is the all the things we wanted to do in Pokemon?" And then they made a game. They didn't make Pokemon; they made Palmon, Pals, Pal World, Pal World. But that's what they're called, Palmon, Pal Monsters, who can carry guns, 
but also work. They can mine. They can work in a little factory you build them. They can, they can build garden. up a little team and yeah. make other people work for them. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> but that, the game has made it is made so that you can do multifaceted game functions with little monsters. Someone made a mod where they could all be Pokemon, which kind of pissed Pokemon off, pissed, pissed them off. But that's a mod. Okay, that's not the developer doing exactly. that. Unless the developer gave critical amounts of money to someone to do that, it's not theirs. Okay, right. it's no different than Skyrim in a giant fucking dragon shows up with Macho Man Randy Savage's face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that was the funnest mod of all. I that, of the, that. that of the Thomas the Tank Engine mod. Choo, choo. That one was just frightening. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Macho Man was funny. Yeah, but what gets me is the audacity the audacity of the developers from Pokemon being like, we need to shut this down. I know that that's fucking ridiculous. If I was to take a comparison shot of, let's say Pokemon sword and shield or mm. violet, or I forget what the other one's called the newest Pokemon games. Right. And put them back to back with this game power world. Yeah. I could see similarities, but to call them out because they made a game better than yours is bullshit okay that is fucking bullshit to the umph degree all right if you want to be better then make a better pokemon game make one that looks better right they made a game called legends arceus which was so good as an idea an open world pokemon game but you didn't fill it with all your content and people were like oh it was good you could ride Pokemon and do stuff like that. But you didn't allow it to be at its full like potential. You lacked the potential. You. You. You did this. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if someone makes another platform game, a platformer game, similar to Mario, and it do better. The newest Mario game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wonder is fantastic. Don't need to play it. They, they went back to like Mario 3 and did some stuff like the overworld walking around and then they went back to like the platform part. It's very neat. It's fun. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah. They knew what to do. They knew how to stay on top. Let's keep changing. Hey, we made Mario Kart 8. Are we going to make a 9? Nah, this will be our last one. What we'll do is we'll just add more to it. Yep. We'll add probably more vehicles more characters we'll do season kind more of carts yeah and well, uh, more tracks. tracks and stuff like that we'll make the, we'll even change some tracks over time mm-hmm. you know keep it fresh you know because that's how you stay ahead of the game pokemon didn't do that nope pokemon just realized hey here's some new fucking pokemon here's a stupid new fucking game that's exactly like the other game where you travel from town to town I will say the one time they shook up the uh, concept some, and I enjoyed it. It was originally out on the Wii U, but it got a second life on Switch because no one bought the fucking Wii U. Was a Pokemon tournament, which was basically yeah. uh, which was basically like Mortal Kombat, but with Pokemon. Yeah. What they failed, that was fun. What they failed to do is something they did with the Game Boy games. We forgot to add all the Pokemon. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> after after I think Crystal and Emerald Red. And fire, or fire red, emerald green, and water blue was the last ones where it had the full catalog. Oh, but like that was the point, that's the point of the game. Yeah. What's is. the tagline? Catch po- them all. Got to catch them all. Not catch two hundred and thirty to five hundred and fifty, respectively. No, I need to catch one to one hundred and fifty of these motherfuckers. That's yep. my job. 
that's the point of the fucking game. And they made it very easily able to do in the game. And also, hey, if somebody, hey, if he caught one, he could send it to me. That's it. That's, mm-hmm. that's the game. They ruined that. And yep. they made the, the game is very bland. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Pokemon games are very bland nowadays. Uh, none of the actions look cool anymore. Very boring. Like Pokemon Go is basically what the fucking games look like. And that's with Niantic. That's a whole different developer. You know? Yep. But Power World, fuck yeah. Make another one. <laughs> if I had the time, I'd buy that motherfucker and play it. I know. I, I, I've watched some of the gameplay. It's pretty fucking It looks, a com- it looks like a combination of Fallout 4, because you can build settlements. Fortnite, because you're just shooting shit and building building shit. And Pokemon. Yep. Four, three, three of the top-selling games of all time. You Match just, them together. Yeah. Why the fuck not? It works. <laughs> they made it work. And, and I'd get a mod for it to make Pikachu hold a Desert Eagle. Fuck yes. <laughs> Pika Pika, motherfucker. I want to see Muck with an AK. But like you're riding the Pokemon. Yeah. You The people you fight, the battles you fight, like the boss battles and stuff in the story or whatever, are guys with guns riding Pokemon. That's fucking terrifying. That's like Jurassic Park 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last little piece of news before we move on over to our main topic. I knew something like this was going to happen. Technology... Got the best of some folks. We can't have nice things. And here we are dealing with it now. AI generated nude images of Taylor Swift went viral on X, invading moderation and sparking outrage. Deep fakes. Yes. That's a 2018 problem. So, but it's so with the back then, what it was is Photoshop was getting really good at superimposing a face on another. This is like creating brand new images. Like, I went and, of course, I fucking looked them up. There are, like, some really fucked up ones. <laughs> like, one of, like, paint the picture in your head and use your imagination some. She's uh, at one of the games uh, in strictly body paint uh, in the middle of the crowd. And the crowd is, you know, very uh, happy she's yeah. there. <laughs> Uh, things like that and uh, her, her getting very friendly with audience members and shit like that yeah, and yeah so just that that wound up sparking a big to do so expect some new regulations and moderations oh, when wow. it comes to AI oh wow it's about time it's almost like a bunch of old people aren't quick on the trigger huh. when, when it comes to the law dumbasses <laughs> because uh an old law got used recently in California. I don't know if you heard. Uh, cannabis-induced psychotic myopathy. What? Yeah. What is that? So, long time ago, if you were under the influence of marijuana and co- committed a horrific crime, and this is an old one, yeah, they would consider you crazy. There was a young lady recently in California who stabbed her boyfriend 108 times. And I'm going to use the word boyfriend loosely. Because they only dated for like a few weeks. Yeah. She sparked up a joint, whatever, got high, and stabbed him 108 times. Her defense was the marijuana poisoning. Bullshit. She was found guilty, but guilty through insanity of cannabis-induced psychosis. So they actually included that in the court record. Yeah. So she got 100 hours of community service instead of life in prison for stabbing someone 108 times. Now, I'm going to assume it was self-defense, but I read the article, and at no point did the guy try to whoop her ass, 
<laughs> at no point did he try to, you know, beat the fuck out of her. So, no, she got high and stabbed a man 108 times with a serrated bread knife. Ow. Which, fun fact, if you know anything about serrated blades in the, you know, the operation of war, you're not even allowed to use that in wartime. No. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, that, that's, you can't even use a serrated that, knife in wartime. That's, that's cruel and unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she will be serving over 100 hours of community service. Well, yay, justice is served. <laughs> but on this side of the coast, it gives me the idea that you and your marijuana poisoning could go mm-hmm. out and steal a pack of gum from Walmart and just get away with it. Because you're like, <laughs> what kind of world are we going to live in? Where fuck, fuck grandma and this receipt <laughs> check, and I'm on my marijuana poisoning. Alex stabbed an old woman 108 times with a pack of gum. He got, got community service. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Book him at the Mad Monster. Back at the Mad Monster. Him and Kevin Spacey, Mel Gibson, all the motherfuckers doing a, a trial run of what Passion of the Christ Two: Return of the Jew is not is not selling well. <laughs> all right. Well, before this turns into the last episode of the Couch Potatoes, I'll never stop. Let's go ahead and move on over to our main topic. <laughs> Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's taken us a couple years, but we have gone full circle, and we have come back to what kicked this show off to start with. The man, George Lucas, and his nutty, stupid idea of a space opera, Flash Gordon fucking bullshit. It's a fucking ripoff. Just fucking Pal World for the 70s. That's all it was. Fucking ripoff. Flash Gordon with actual guns. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk some Star Wars. Uh, we First of all, it's called the Star War. The Star War. Yeah. Uh, we or how the Skywalker family ruined the universe. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the How I Met Your Mother situation. It's like just R2 sitting here going, now listen to this bullshit. I watched, so fun fact about How I Met Your Mother, it, it ends with him meeting the mom and then she dies. So like, Spoilers. Spoilers. At some point, the kids never say that. Yep. But mom's dead. Like nobody says that in the whole fucking thing. So you want to know why? Why? Because poorly written. Yes, uh, that one hundred percent. That's the short version. Uh, the long version is this is that stupid shit I wind up learning when I just go on like YouTube deep dives and it's just like top ten worst uh, series finales and it like gives a reason X Y Z. The reason the kids don't say anything about the mom dying is that was not supposed to be the way the show ended. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, if I remember correctly, we're not supposed to be talking How I Met Your Mother, so I didn't do research on it. But if I do remember right, at some point when they knew the show was going to be successful, they filmed all those cutaways with the kids. Yeah. Within a week. Yeah. And, like, recorded hours and hours of reactions, possible questions, outcomes. Mm -hmm. That way, they could take the show out as long as they wanted, but they could still hold the consistency of the kids never aged. They're still asking the same question, you know, and they look the same five years later. And it's Bob Saget. Exactly. Uh, So... And, and you notice that when they actually cut to Ned 
saying and that's how i met your mother it's a very stark camera difference between when they cut back and forth between the kids and him yeah so so originally the mom was not supposed to die he was supposed to actually just be with what's her nuts the the chick he wound up being with in the end bad writing But where do we kind of want to start with on this? Because the bad uh, writing, <laughs> bad writing of stars. Yeah. I mean, yes, there is technically all sorts of it within the movie. Um, one of the prevailing theories, which kind of get your take on this, Star Wars was saved in the edit. Yeah, it was. There's so much more. Like I understand George Lucas's idea. He wanted a story about a force that surrounded the galaxy that the there is a special group of people that were kind of overpowered who lost everything and are the basically force of good yeah and there is the force of evil there is a black there's a black and white and at no point in the first three movies is there a gray area no there is the bad guy there's the good kid who's going to defeat the bad guy and that's that Mm-hmm. And the old sage that passes on the wisdom. Yep. He wrote King Arthur in a space desert. Yep. Uh, but, you know, before that, you had science fiction properties that he took from. Mm-hmm. One is Dune. Dune, where is this all-empowerful uh, consciousness that surrounds the main character surrounds us and binds us us, penetrates us Mm -hmm. ooh yeah (laughs) Qui-Gon yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is the story of Star Wars is a story of the author going nuts that's the story of Star Wars is George Lucas going absolutely batshit crazy we're gonna make it work we're gonna make it work god damn it we'll retcon the shit out of it (laughs) it's like god damn okay fine fine but no like even the opener of Star Wars you know uh a larger-than-life spacecraft, a fight in space, and then immediately after the contrast of a boy in the desert. You know, two absolute different dichotomies. It, in the 70s, is wonderful. All right, the tagline, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So this is the history of a world that is far away and it happened before us. And those two dichotomies is the future for us, which is space travel, space battles, uh, a political, you know, arch nemesis, you know, this, and to our very beginning, a boy in a desert. That's the timeline of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he does that very well. So, you bringing that up perfectly connects with my initial question, which is, was Star Wars saved in the edit? So, do you think it would have been nearly as effective if within the original edit, um, if I'm remembering the pacing correct, I remember actually watching this video a couple months ago because I always found it very interesting. The original way Star Wars began, you had your your opening credits, uh, the beginning of the space battle, it cuts to R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh, this is madness. Some of the running from the, um, uh, the good guys, like the good guards. Mm. And right as and like in between, like them about to get lined up in position, waiting for Vader's ship to dock, it cuts to Tatooine, and you see Luke run out 
of his thing, he grabs his binoculars and looks up because he sees a little glimmer of light in the sky. Then it cuts back to Vader boarding the ship, doing all this other stuff. But it keeps cutting back to Luke looking up at that sky. Do you think it would have been nearly as effective if we had already been seeing Luke that early versus everyone lines up, fight, Vader boards, big back and forth. They spend all that time on the ship and we don't see the desert until 3PO and R2 get in the dock and shoot down. No, I think it, I think it's done perfectly this way. The reason I do say this is your cons- if Luke has see, you know, has his binoculars up and sees what's going on, okay, it ruins the magic of this poor boy on a desert planet who has dreams of space. It ruins that because now he's seeing the her- the horrific thing that's in space. All right, granted, they're so close to Tatooine, he could probably just look up at the sky and see just something getting blown the fuck up. Okay, that's what happens to the ship. It blows yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's what causes them to look yeah, up yeah. in the first yeah. place. So that kind of ruins the magic of this poor boy who has dreams of leaving. He knows there's something out there. But when you're writing of the first movie, I need all the action. Yeah. I, need, I need a big send-off. It's like writing a book. You know, you want you want a line that grabs you. Like, I've read books where the, bo- the first chapter is very boring. But the pacing, you know, keeps it alive just enough. But then I've read books where it's like, and that's when he brought out the chainsaw. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, that's an opener. <laughs> you know? Like the uh, the first Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's how you, that's an opener. Now, that's how you open that bitch up. <laughs> More ways than one. But uh, but for that one, though, it's it's a classic opener. And it's and it's a fairy tale story mm-hmm. along with the Western later on. But it is that. Yeah. A fairy tale story. There's something larger than yourself happening without your knowing. You are small, but you're the key to make the puzzle work. That's the story of Luke Skywalker. He's the last one needed to kick Vader in the ass to balance the Force. Mm-hmm. That's the story. We don't know the full story until the great old sage, but we have our messenger characters, you know, our Marie and Pippin from Lord of the Rings, you know. Um, they are essential characters. They are in all of it. They're in every one of them. Mm-hmm. They are, they are our mainstay idol characters. We cannot function without C three PO and R two D two. If they're Let's not see in your it. chagrin, yeah. Well, C three PO mainly R two. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that motherfucker around for R two's cool. Yeah, but like in all the movies, they exist. You know, and they have a presence. Whether or not they affect the story is meaningless because they are like the watcher they they see everything mm-hmm. i do love the fan fiction edit of what we're seeing is the last memory tapes of r2 yeah. telling the story of the galaxy that that's a fantastic ending that's what they should do yeah but as we know george lucas doesn't know what he wants <laughs> ever <laughs> neither does disney apparently and i don't fault them for that they bought a product from a guy who sold it george lucas should not say another fucking word about star wars he sold it his his vision I do agree on that. And his critique is over. Yep. Fuck him. No. No, fuck him. No, fuck him. He he had a special vision for certain characters in the original prequels, and then he just showed he shopped it out and turned it into the racist crows from Disney. Okay, so fuck him. <laughs> okay, right. I agree with that. All right, so he, he had a chance. He had multiple chances, made billions of dollars, and then sold it for four billion dollars, and that was that. Yeah. 
Okay. But like for the original vision, mm-hmm. the the edit that's there that we watch that we grew up watching is perfect. And uh, to cycle back right back to that and kind of continuing with that flow, uh, around the time, if I remember correctly, around the time 3PO and R2 shoot down to Tatooine, that's about the time it cuts back to Luke. He runs off, hops in his speeder, and runs to town. In which we get my favorite Star Wars nerd fact ever. We run into Biggs. Yep. Biggs is there. And we run into an unnamed woman character that calls Luke by a nickname. Do you remember what this nickname is? No. Wormy. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a weird looking dick. <laughs> Apparently. He's got a weird dick. But that is my favorite, like, obscure Star Wars fact is, like, Luke's original nickname was Wormy. Yeah, he's got a weird dick, that's all. Yeah. So, with He that, went to town with Biggs through, like, a brothel or something. Some <laughs> twilight said he had a weird dick, and that was it. So, through that, he shows up, talks to Biggs, and it's just like, yo, I saw some shit. Um, the bad guys are coming. Um, let's go do that shit. And Biggs is just like... Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, what about your uncle? And he's just like, well, I can't, I can't leave my uncle. And he's just like, fuck your uncle, bro. And he's like, oh, I can't leave my uncle, man. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, go talk to him. I'm going to go to the recruitment offices like right now. Bye. So it's interesting that they set up the idea of Luke has that drive to essentially join the army. Yet, we didn't really need that in the final edit. His want and need was shown well enough without any context. So, I, I do agree. I, I wonder if that is something that is potentially missing, not even just in modern Star Wars movies, but modern movies in general, mm-hmm. is a lot more inference. Everything has to be put right there in front of your face. I think... I think the reason they do that now is because there's too many people speculating and people not seeing the movie fast enough. So there are people who watch movies before us, before theaters, who are YouTube personalities, who can see the movie before us, who can watch private screenings before us and give their opinion and critiques and like spoiler reviews and stuff like that. And they can infer meaning. And people are going to watch that first than the actual movie. And what that does is it creates this ruined effect of the movie itself. We've talked about it for the last you know, two years of how the movie experience isn't there. You know, we've talked, you know, today even, you know, we talked about a couple of movies. You know, we talked about Self-Reliance. We talked about the movie Saltburn. You know, there's an inference that can be made on these movies from our opinions. Mm-hmm. But even though, you know, when I was talking about the movie Saltburn, you had already heard from other people who made inferences about the movie parables to the movie and so now you have a vision informed of the movie even though you've only seen a part of it so now you going into it can ruin it for you back it, then didn't happen yeah because initially when i when i first started it up and, and then stopped it i had not really heard much from anyone or anything so i was going to go into it pretty blind but even going into it blind i went nah and turned it off after like the first 30 minutes but then after the fact i heard so many comparisons oh it's the modern clockwork orange it's the modern um the one you said cruel intentions it's more closer than that than i think anything but but back then you just had a trailer and a voiceover guy Mm -hmm. and sometimes a magazine article yeah or a newspaper and that was it and that's it 
you know you didn't click on channel three and there's 14 motherfuckers talking about while luke is a jesus figure no it's not you know what i'm saying like it's not or like vader's the devil like it's not it's it's just a movie yeah and we live in an age of you know constant communication and all this that it doesn't it doesn't co- you know, create cohesiveness enough. You know, there are great movies that you know do in- inference. You know, that that kind of don't spell out the content immediately. There are great movies that do that. They're few and far between, but they still do it. And that right there, you you hit on a perfect point of it being few and far between. Yeah. I feel like maybe that was a bit more of the standard mm-hmm. of the seventies and eighties. It's like we didn't have to hear you know luke talk to biggs and have this whole let's join the army conversation for us to actually you know believe it when he brings it up for us out of the blue that's why those movies are better that's why those movies are better yeah and 70s movies tend to be a lot better than movies from the 90s and even the 80s some you know there are 80s movies that are okay action bound and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that don't give a lot of information or context they just happen things just happen yeah because it's like R2 and 3PO they get snagged by the Jawas and then when they get brought to the compound that's the first time we even see Luke yeah what would you say that is probably 20 minutes into the movie probably yeah because like they're going shopping basically They're, they're like hey the Jawas are here let's see what they have to buy or see what they have to trade we know by that time that we're introduced to the rebels. We don't know their name. They're just rebels. Uh, the big bad, the empire, Darth Vader, Leia, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Desert scene <laughs> happens. All right. We know two droids escaped because it's acknowledged by the empire. Hey, there's an escape pod. No life forms on board. So we know that robots exist. Okay, cool. We have a futuristic and yet pastime pastoral air story mm-hmm. it's okay. got this overall grungy dinginess to yeah, it yeah so they get they make it to tatooine which is a arrakis from dune that's exactly what it is uh and he what well, they're water farmers that's what their job they're moisture farmers they were they run a giant <coughs> they run a giant dehumidifier <laughs> and that's it yep all right and that's fine that's that old pastime living Rogue One does this perfectly when old boy, the architect, is living on that planet. Mm-hmm. They're just farmers. They're key to the story, and they're needed, but, but they're, they're just farmers. farmers. <laughs> you know, it, 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 but that, that plays into like the great fairy tale. You know, What was King Arthur before he was a king? He was a peasant boy who pulled the sword from the stone and slaughtered the villain and created knights of the round table and lost his sword. A fucking lady in a lake gave it back to him. And then he killed his own son by driving a spear through his chest and driving it even further. So, like, well, that's just the story of that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a fairy tale. You know, that's the great thing about fairy tales is, like, the the lesser guy, the, the guy on the low end of the toe point, or woman, yeah. is the key to it all. You know, Disney does it perfectly back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. Hunchback of Notre Dame. This guy who's a fool is the hero of the story. You know, Snow White, a peasant girl in the fucking forest. You know, these are the. That's the story arc. I yeah. need someone from, that's been low and held down to go up. Yeah. He's being held down by his aunt and uncle because they won't let him go nowhere. Yeah. But we don't know why. We infer it's for safety because that's their nephew. Why. And, like, if you think about the world we live in, why would a nephew live with his aunt and uncle? His parents are dead. Or they're pieces of shit. Great example is Peter Parker. You know, that came out decades before. 
kids who were watching sci-fi read comics and they're like well peter parker lived with his aunt and uncle and his uncle died and he became something better a fairy tale that's all it is it is but the contrast is one uses magic to kill people <laughs> the other one is a spider man <laughs> to use his actual science to kill people who 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 somehow weaponized his cancer <laughs> but that's that's a different story it's a different podcast <laughs> different episode different episode but no I, I for some reason though when people are always talking about you know the you know great moments of storytelling I've always kind of turned to that table scene in A New Hope, which is maybe kind of why I'm focusing on this very beginning of the movie, because it is just so well done between when they are doing the shopping thing. You can tell Luke's annoyed, but you don't know why. Mm -hmm. If if they had left the other part in, you would have already known why. It would have kind of spoiled his meh. Well, I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Now we're just watching it going, well, why is this dude so pissy and whiny? He's kind of a bitch, <laughs> you know? And then they have that real talk at the dinner table. And it felt real because we had probably about as much context as Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew had. He didn't talk to them before. I mean, after talking to Biggs, mm. we're hearing the conversation like they are. So we're kind of responding how Uncle, I almost said Uncle Ben, <laughs> Um, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew would, which is just, no, we need you here. You, why, why are you trying to run off and do this? Mm-hmm. This is, a, as you said, a bigger, crazier, th- galactic thing, and we're, we're fucking farmers. This, that's not the life for you. Yeah. And just that willing and just that stubbornness and even leaving that tiny cliffhanger, which is why I do not believe at all all when george lucas says he didn't he was changing stuff as things went along i think he did have a pretty good hand on the story because what does aunt Baru said or say oh he's just a rebel with a set and the other and then uncle owen goes yeah he's got too much of his father in him yeah I swear they knew immediately from the get-go that Darth Vader was going to be related to Luke. Oh, I believe that. I believe it was the Luke and Leia thing he fucking dropped the ball on. Yeah. More than anything. It's like, oh, I'm going to do a love interest real quick. Just like a little wink and a nod. And then I'm going to renege on that motherfucker by the third movie. And it's like, their it's brother. It's going to get just, real weird. It's going to get like 2020 movie weird where there's a lot of incest in movies now. <laughs> That is a weird progression I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Thanks, George Lucas. It's all started with you, buddy. <laughs> You're cool with certain new age things, I guess. <laughs> you fucking creepy old man. Speaking of creepy old man, roundabouts this time is when we do run into old man. Yeah, so so Luke grabs these fucking droids. C three PO runs off at the mouth like a little like a piece of shit. Like mm-hmm. he should have like he should have Luke should have backhanded that motherfucker and erased this goddamn chip. <laughs> That's what he should have done. <laughs> But no, he, he's fucking around with R2, and R2's got this, uh, you know, embedded message in him, and pop, here comes a little holographic woman. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this is Leia. Uh, you worked with my, my parents back in the day. Uh, I heard you're a big Billy Badass. There is no context that we met before this, because there shouldn't be, because George Lucas is a lazy writer, and Disney followed that suit. It's all about lazy writing. Hey, I could use your help. Wink, wink, nod, nod. See ya. And that's it. <laughs> yep. That's it. And he's just like, wait, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I know a 
Ben Kenobi. Let me just pull out the phone book real quick. <laughs> he lives on the third cave on the left. Okay, yeah, let me just let me just uh, let me just hop in my dad's hot rod real quick and go find his ass because that's just cool. Uncle Owen is the best uncle in the world. Yeah, yeah, my nephew, you could take my car anytime because he does any fucking time. You think that was uh, Owen's car? You don't think that was Luke's car? That was Owen's car. They're fucking water farmers, dude. They don't. They ain't gonna have like multiple fucking ships in the garage. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it, it was, it's been canonized after the fact that that's been like a low rent vehicle. So who knows? Maybe Luke just they're scrapped poor it people. Up. They're poor people in the fucking desert, of course. Yeah, but maybe Luke scrapped up enough uh, credits. droplets. Yeah, <laughs> credits. They scrapped up a gallon of water and bought him a fucking hot rod. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. But uh, but yeah, he takes the fucking. I had that as a Lego. Oh, those are badass. But I had the Lego speeder. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so cool to build. Yes. Um, because that was back when they had to mold special pieces. I mean, anyway, I had that. Uh, but no, he 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 goes in, he goes down the dirt road a little bit. Last last cave on the left. And there he is. Hey. But before he shows up, we find out there's some other people that live on the goddamn planet. <laughs> now, Chris. The Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> now, these there's a reason. Pe- hold the, on, hold the, up. These desert people. <laughs> there is a reason. Savages. <laughs> that we are redoing these episodes. <laughs> Sane people. So we're about an hour or so into this episode already. That's how long we spent on the sand people of mm-hmm. Tatooine. But no, they attack them. Yes. Because... It's a, you know, Tatooine, all intents and purposes, is a dangerous place to live. Yeah. So they attack him. Here comes Obi-Wan, does some scare tactic shit. Yeah, but what did it sound like? It sounded like someone screaming. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> Depends on the version you watch. Yeah. Like, seriously, everyone talks about the uh, multiple changes to Greedo mm-hmm. and, you know, all the added special effects once they get into downtown Tatooine. Mm-hmm. They have changed that Bantha call or whatever yeah. the fuck he used so many times. It is insane. Initially, it sounded like a wild animal. Yeah, that's, that's the one I heard. Which is confused the hell out of me as a kid because I was just like, how did this old man sound like a guttural animal? Like, what the fuck? The force. Dude. <laughs> I shit you not, the version they're using now, I don't know who they hired to do the voice or whatever it is. It was probably just Bill and fucking accounting. It, the jaws are picking over the shit, you know, and you've got the in the background, you know, swelling up. And then you hear, woo! Fucking Ric Flair, bro! <laughs> Ric Flair is coming up from the hill! <laughs> But so the Tuscan Raiders attack them. Yeah. And we know that we know this enough that there's we've seen three different species on the planet. There's the Jawas, humans, and the Tuscan Raiders. Okay. And so Obi-Wan shows up, scares them off. Woo! <laughs> I'm gonna get you for ten seconds in a squared circle. I got your name. I got your ass. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Obi the body Kenobi. <laughs> but uh, what would have been scarier is if he just showed up on that hill, pulled a lightsaber, and they're like, oh my God, we've seen those before. Flee. <laughs> that that would have been, been a great. Cool. Would have been cool. Have you seen this? Have you seen this lightsaber thing? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Lucas. Let's just throw it away. Uh, but you know, he shows up and saves Luke's ass. So now we have two things we know about Kenobi. 
this holographic woman knows he's a badass and needs help to defeat the bad guys and that he can scare bad guys away. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and for three seconds in the squared circle, he's got you. All right. So, I'm just thinking of Macho Man Randy Savage. I, I got you for 15 seconds. <laughs> and it's just like, I think Spider-Man killed Macho Man Randy Savage just for the making of the movie because he died not long after that. <laughs> it's playtime. It's coke time. <laughs> yeah. Dude's fucking like 60-some years old and fucking strapped like a motherfucker. Fanny pack did him in. Yep. Fanny pack full of coke. <laughs> That'd be a great DLC. Fanny pack full of coke and pills. Dude, that would be a great DLC for fucking Vice City. <laughs> a fan, GTA 6 backpack, uh, fanny pack full of coke. Just call it the, the macho pack. The macho pack. But, um, well, it's better than that one DLC they've ever GTA the Ballad of Gay Tony. That was sad. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, he shows up and he invites him into his house because he saved his ass. And we know that Obi-Wan is, just for that simple act, is a good guy. Mm-hmm. He saved this young person who didn't know a stranger and helped Quote, unquote. Him. Quote, unquote. Because they have, because they established they've seen each other off and on. Yeah, that's why he knows them as Ben Kenobi. There's this guy. Boy, down, am I glad to see you. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Luke, like, hey, what, sh- what are you doing out here? It's fucking bad out here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Where's like, your uncle? Yeah. It's your uncle. He gives me some money. Um, he shows him R2. Okay. We're no context. R2 like, freaks out a little bit. Boop, 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 and shows him the hologram. Yep. And he's like, well, let me see it. He sees a little voice message or whatever. And he's like, and he, and he does that lean back, that, that mm-hmm. beard and mustache twirl. Like, hmm, it's an older version of Zoom, but yeah. it'll work. <laughs> mm, Skype. <laughs> no, I think she was teamsing them <laughs> with that video quality. This bitch knows not to teams me. That's an empire tool. <laughs> well, it had to be teams because it was on a specific uh, hard drive yeah, and yeah. Uh, a proprietary, system. yeah, proprietary operating system. Yeah, well, it's not like fucking C-3PO is walking around with WhatsApp. <laughs> Well, he is fluent in uh, so many forms of communication. Except for one, he can't say out loud until he turns evil for like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck C three PO. What a piece of shit. What are you talking about? That was a great movie. Yeah, it was. I remember. I remember. I almost got booed in the theater when we watched it. I know that was great. Yes. yes! <laughs> and everybody's like, "What the fuck? Who let this monster in here? Call Kevin Spacey and get his buddy out of here." But um, book him. Fuck him. Why? 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 Why did nothing wrong? All I did was cheer when the bear died. <laughs> How am I the monster? <laughs> but um, oh, you got a panel. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I got a panel coming to me. But no, he he, he tells him the story. Story of this, like, in this whole time, Obi Wan decides to tell this young man who's roughly, let's say, eighteen, old enough to join the rebels, and he tells him the story of, like, yeah, I knew you, Daddy. In so many words, mm-hmm. I knew you, Daddy. We fought together in the Clone Wars, and we'll just let that, we'll let that go, mm-hmm. we'll let that go, even though that sounds fucking metal as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to say that does sound. You put thrash metal to fucking Clone Wars, the movie's ten times better. All right. It actually would be digestible. Yeah, seek and destroy while they're killing all the Gungans in the goddamn arena. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine fucking... Master of Puppets! And this Jango's head just comes flying the fuck off. It's like, yeah! 
<laughs> yeah, that'd be entertaining. Uh, Into the Sandman? Uh, no, uh, Sanitarium. Sanitarium. And just Christopher Lee coming out there. Let it begin. <laughs> Holy shit, these air these motherfuckers air dropped in like it's goddamn Quanon Valley, baby. Fuck yeah. Heal two thirty four. Actually, honestly, we just need to make a re-edit of the Clone Wars with Fortunate Son on top. <laughs> <laughs> but so he tells him he tells him like, hey, you know, I want to raise a flag. Sorry. I will say this. I'll bring this up just one quick. The number one video on my YouTube and my saved playlist is the re-edit that fan did of Obi-Wan talking to Luke. It is talking about, I knew your father. I knew the man that killed him, who betrayed him. And that's where I got my reimagining of how I would have done it. Where, no, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are two different people. And Darth Vader tricked him and murdered him in front of Obi-Wan, who couldn't do anything about it. But he made a promise to keep his buddy's kids safe. That's why Luke and Leia lived. Anakin got betrayed by a guy who went too far deep in the game. And Vader killed him. But I do love the edit mm-hmm. where we see the turn. Vader does kill Anakin in a way. And thus the, the phrase, well, I did tell you the truth in a way. No, From you, a certain point of view. No, you fucking lied, dude. Like... <laughs> You fucking lied. I bet you fucked Padme too, you piece of shit. That's why she has twins. <laughs> now, this actually wouldn't, this isn't better than yours, but another way they could have went with it, which would have been interesting, again, not as good, but maybe with, maybe it's just not good just knowing the context of everything that came after. However, what if, like, the Qui Gon character had continued to live and it genuinely was a pack of three? It yeah. was an, an Obi Wan, an Anakin, and a Qui Gon. Yeah. And there was one of the group that turned to evil Mm. and was bad and killed one of the others. However, in Obi-Wan's story, it was, you know, Qui-Gon murdered your father. Yeah. But then the heel turn is you find out, no, it's actually Anakin that's still alive. He killed Qui Gon. Yeah. That kind of thing. That 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 may have also been interesting. Where yeah. there was an actual turn and a death, but turn the tables. The the roles were actually flipped. Yeah. And you know, that's all hindsight too. But like in the, in general storytelling, he's already gripped the audience with the space battle. He's gripped the audience with a poor man's character who we know is going to be the hero. The promise of a clone war. Yeah, yeah. The promise of uh, there was something that happened in the galaxy that sounds horrific, just for them three words, and and now he's like, well, guess what? I guess we gotta go find this bitch, uh, but we're gonna need a ride. I don't have a ride. You don't have a ride. We need to get the fuck out of here. Yep. So they take Uncle Uncle Owen's car <laughs> to town, to the bad side of town, uh, to a little bar. Kenobi knows about this bar. He might have a. A blue milk every now and then. Mm-hmm. He might meet a Twi'lek every so often. Who says he can't? The Jedi Order don't exist. Who's going <laughs> to reprimand him, huh? Who's going to knock him down a peg, huh? Obi-Wan sitting in the corner. He's just like, I thought you guys weren't allowed to fuck. He takes a sip of his blue milk. We weren't allowed to fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just like, oh. And just, and just hands her like three coins. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, <laughs> shit. You cold-hearted bitch. Hey, honey, I got a... I got an extra credit or two if you got a death stick or two. <laughs> it's just like, yes, yeah, just drugs exist in the Star Wars universe. It's fucking metal spice. as shit. Yeah, spice, death sticks. It's fucking metal as shit. 
Um, so they go they go to the, the the cantina, the bar. Now now we've now integrated from the fairy tale story and the sci-fi story to the western. All right, two guys walk into a bar. The bar gets quiet. Hey, we don't serve your kind here. And that's when I pulled that lightsaber out. You're gonna serve whatever the fuck I tell you to serve, huh? <laughs> no, I, but the subtle <laughs> racism on the droids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We <laughs> made it. We, we make droids. We give them the ability to feel pain. Yeah. Uh, which which is another little ad, <laughs> little adjunct to it. Uh, and we, we don't acknowledge them as a people. Yep. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. So um, they decide to be bopping that motherfucking bar, and they're standing there and. Obi-Wan's looking around a certain way, and Luke's looking around a certain way. Luke may or may not have bumped into some asshole. Who, the pig man. Yeah. Pig face Larry. Butt face Larry. And, hey, my friend, you've offended my fucking friend, you piece of shit. And it, hey, don't ho- you be disrespecting me looking like that, huh? And his buddy is like, rrr, 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 rrr. and we know, now we see, like, but the cool thing about the bar was there's so many different species. These are all leftover fucking character costumes from like Star Trek, Buck Rogers, <laughs> and like some 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 you know you know original characters, but some of them are not. <laughs> some of them are one stole- is Wolfman. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are just f- straight up fucking stolen. One is a devil. Yeah, <laughs> one, and one a- is Wolfman. Yeah. So a fight breaks out. A scuffle. Let's say I'll say a scuffle, not a fight. And. The threat of killing Luke just pops up in this motherfucker's head over a, a minor shove. And before the guy even has a chance to really pull a weapon to settle this shit, or even just vaguely threaten Luke, you know, put him in his place a little bit, the Jedi Master <laughs> ends this shit by whacking off this dude's arm and killing the other one. Immediately. Just casually. And it was just like, oh, Obi-Wan's grizzled fucking veteran whose PTSD just fucking activated when he was in a bar. Ah! Ah! <laughs> zip, zip, zap. Oh, fuck, what happened? Nothing. Just put that motherfucker back in there. And turns around like nothing happened. And it's the one major continuity error that I'm surprised they have not fixed. What, that he's a ruthless murderer? No. What happened when he sliced uh, Buttface's arm off? It's bleeding all over the fucking place. Exactly. It has been canonized ever since the second movie, the one right after this one, that burns are cauterized immediately after a slice. And this is where we do the stupid thing where we allowed for, well, we didn't know he was going to make a second movie, so we just had him cut some dude in half. All right, so like, we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Whatever. His his whole resume, George Lucas' resume, is filled with caveats. Yeah. <laughs> however. However, we allow this bullshit. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, fine, whatever. So they find Han Solo. Before Han Solo, I believe, the Greedo situation happens. No, Greedo happens immediately after. After, okay. Because he's getting up Up, to leave. Yeah, so the old man and the young boy are (laughs) talking to a drug smuggler and his pit bull. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't care what people say. If I described Chewbacca, a hairy animal that could rip your fucking arm off... It sounds like I'm describing a vicious pit bull. Or uh, I'll I'll sit here trying to think of the breed name, but it's like the the Malice Malstice, something like that. Yeah, a Russian of Sharka. Yeah, it's called a, a, a 
a Maltese. No, no, it's called a uh, Mastiff. A Mastiff, bull, a bull yeah. Mastiff. Yeah, thank you, Mastiff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also known. I was, as, I was conflating that with Maltese. Maltese was wanting to pop in my head. It's a the small whole time. dog. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> opposite. Yeah, because uh, you also have what's called a, a Russian Osharka, which is like the Russian Bearhound, and, it's, yeah. and you could ride it. You could ride it. It's fucking massive. Hell yeah. yeah. You know what they say about big dogs, big shits. So, Fuck uh, no. <laughs> and that motherfucker will be learning to use the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. But so they're talking to him, just like, hey, I can get you the fuck off this planet. It's going to cost some money. And he's like, look, we need to get to Alderaan, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, fine. I can get you off the planet, no questions asked, for some money. Then he starts asking some fucking questions, which is immediately the dumbest fucking thing Han Solo ever does. He's like, he tells you something. And even Obi-Wan is just like, I thought you said no questions, motherfucker. Yeah. This ain't uh, my first rodeo. Uh, you might have a gun and a giant mo- dog monster. But I'll cut that motherfucker in half too. I don't give a fuck. I'm Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm Ben Kenobi. <laughs> I'm Ben fucking Kenobi. You look at me. You've seen my kind before. And just looks at Chewbacca. Can you imagine how fucking scary that would have been if Chewie started mouthing off and Obi Wan looks at him? He's like, I haven't seen a Wookiee in a long time. You know why, don't you? And just left it at that. And it's just like, do you know why all the Wookiees are dead? <laughs> <laughs> And she would just shuts the fuck up, and Han's like, "What's going on?" Like, yeah, he's just like, <laughs> "All right." So they basically booked this Uber. <laughs> uh, so they're going to go wait for him at a ship, and then a former one-star reviewer shows yeah, up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this this asshole green alien shows up with a pucker on his face, <laughs> and blah 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 solo, blah 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 solo, and Han Solo, cool as fuck. He's our Western character. He's our Clint Eastwood. He's our pale rider. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, my buddy. Let's go sit down and talk about it. Come on down. You know, sit down and talk in the booth. And he shoots this motherfucker in the face. Yep. And just blows his goddamn brains out. Because this bar is cool with murder. It's a fact. Second murder in the bar. And they're like, that all day, right. That day within, like, maybe an hour. Let's just say. Yep. And the bartender, everybody just turns around, sets the fucks up, and gets back to the mm-hmm. Hey, let's hear that same song. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> same song. Yeah, All right. Yeah. We're going to play the same song again. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> That's one of the best jokes in that yeah. entire song. Let's hear the same song. <laughs> All right. Same song. Here we go. And so he kills this motherfucker. He drops this motherfucker quick, fast, and in a hurry. I was lucky enough to have this movie on VHS that was copied from HBO. So when they get to the hangar... I got to see the old puppet Jabba the Hutt talking to him in front of the Falcon. So, so there was never a puppet one. So the way that transformed is there was the the guy in the the fuzzy suit, and then there was the CGI one immediately. So the original early CGI one. Yeah. Yes. So, but we see in the background Boba Fett. Yes, we do. A minuscule character for us. For kids who grew up with Star Wars, or Eric Foreman's, they knew how badass Boba Fett was because of the Christmas special. Because he had a badass rifle and rode a dinosaur. <laughs> As he should. But that's why Boba Fett is famous. is because shit like that. Not because he was so such a badass. Because if you just watch Star Wars, the first three movies, he seems like a piece of shit. And, <laughs> and, doesn't, do any, and doesn't do anything and gets his ass kicked by a blind dude. <laughs> And man, I will say, out of all the special edition remakes and redos mm. and fixes, 
Yeah, them expanding out downtown Tatooine doesn't look that good now. Even with all the fixes they've tried to do, it still doesn't hit. Oh, it's like a Jawa's riding that thing, and it gets and that thing like bucks up on yeah. him and fucking launches his ass in the air. Yeah, so many, so many bad things. However, I ge- genuinely believe that the worst edit was not even the Jabba scene. It's the addition of Boba Fett at the end of the scene. When he's back standing by the Falcon, that's kind of cool. He's just kind of being the bodyguard. He's watching after Jabba, making sure just, nobody's... He's, he's another pantheon of characters we don't know anything about. Exactly. However, with what you just said, the Eric Foremans of the world knowing how cool Boba Fett actually is... They literally nod to those fans. Boba is walking off the screen, stops, looks at the camera, and then turns away and keeps walking. Yeah. It's like, no, come on. Yeah, it's bullshit. That, to me, is the worst edition or edit of the special editions. So, while this, is, while this happens, we cut back to the Death Star. And we have Darth Vader and Tarkin. If you watch that movie by itself, Tarkin is the most evil motherfucker in the movie. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader is scary, but Tarkin is the one that's holding that dog by the collar. Evil. Yeah, but like Darth Vader is badass, but he shuts the fuck up and stands at attention when Tarkin talks Mm -hmm. because Tarkin is in charge. Period. All right. We find out that the Empire is vast. All right. And we need some answers out of this bitch. And we go to their battle station, the Death Star. Cool fucking concept. A planet, a moon-sized space station that could destroy a whole planet if necessary. It's such a good idea. We should probably revisit it every other movie. Probably. Uh, (laughs) God, I can imagine if we made it, like, shitty-looking and half-destroyed and... Make it have to surround a moon the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds better. (laughs) All right. Let's not let any rebels get too close to the goddamn thing. Just saying. Just saying. Might want to ban lightsabers on the motherfucker. (laughs) So they get on the Death Star, and they decide to interrogate Leia. And this is where Dr. Doombot shows up. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it has a syringe. (laughs) It's not a little needle. That's a fucking big-ass needle. And he's just like, and she's fucking panics. Yeah. Rightfully, she should. All right. There is a conversation between Leia and Vader that makes no goddamn sense. Now, is I'm on a diplomatic mission from Alderaan. You are a rebel spy, and you're going to tell us everything we need to know. Back in the 70s, that worked. Yeah. Now, because you know Rogue One happened, it's like, bitch, I slaughtered your guards, I killed your fucking captain, I destroyed your shitty little ship, I saw you bebop out that motherfucker, and then I got your ass, you lying little cunt. <laughs> all right, you're a lying little cunt, I killed all them fucking starfighters, I killed all them fucking rebels, I saw you there, you were there, you spying little bitch. <laughs> and he should have backhanded her. Right there, with his robot hand. Liar! <laughs> because that's another thing, we don't know if Vader's a man. Mm-hmm. We assume because he talks, but he looks kind of like a giant fucking robot in clothes. Could be, and that's what makes him scary, especially in the seventies before the Terminator. There was Vader, you know, this giant mm-hmm. six foot four motherfucker who is scary as shit. And we saw him kill a bunch of rebels with a squad of other guys. All right, 
He let his guys go in there, clear the room, and he walks in, steps on a couple of dead bodies, and be like, God damn, you guys really cleaned up in here, didn't you? <laughs> you couldn't have got the body out of my way, Jerry? Huh? Thanks. Huh? I'm not saying sprinkle fucking rose petals in front of me, but I am saying get the dead carcass out of my way. <laughs> It'd be nice to clean up the blood. Thank hey, you. All right. You know how I feel Our about savers it. don't cauterize yet. You, you know how I feel about the blood. <laughs> you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the modulated Vader voice. You know how I feel about the blood. (laughs) 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 And then his voice box is all gargled. He's like, oh, so now, so now in the movie we find out that all right, these guys are evil as fuck. (laughs) Then she gets drug her ass into this big ass uh, fucking viewing room. Yeah, and so later on, they're on the ship. They're on the Falcon. And then we get some more exposition from Obi-Wan. We find out that he brings some stuff along mm-hmm. to help train Luke. Uh, he gives him the Baby Killer 9000. <laughs> the greatest lightsaber that's caused more trouble than any other fucking weapon in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Or this, franchise. Or franchise. This is like the sword He-Man carries. This is like <laughs> the sword that's from Thundercats. This Aww. is... Yeah. <laughs> Thundercats, oh motherfucker! <laughs> but no, he gives him this lightsaber and he's training him. The 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 little droid, the pew pew. pew the, it makes that weird, like scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, and that's air coming mm-hmm. out of a fucking air compressor. And that's what's moving. And he's telling him about the Jedi. He's telling him about the Force. He's like, you need to feel it. You need to do this. You need to do that. And Hans off in the corner. Bullshit. Yeah, he's that guy. He's like, what a crock of shit. That, ain't, that shit ain't fucking real. But again, that works then, but now. now the Motherfucker, you were like 10 when they lived. You were 10 years old. You saw it with your eyes. Yeah, you, you had to have heard about the Clone Wars. No. You had to have heard about... The Galactic Empire destroying the Jedi because how dangerous they were. He was a galactic Trumpster. He, he ignored every single bit of logic and fact he saw in the He's galaxy. He's over here trying to make the galaxy great again. <laughs> he fought the Empire. In solo movie, he literally fought the Empire. So he understands the laws of the Empire. He understands how they got there. He should know that Jedi exist. Oh, he, you're a hocus-pocus magic. Yeah, yeah. And so we let that go. But we know that Okay, there is a stuff called the Force, a magical embodiment that lets you do certain things. We haven't seen the full extent of it, but we'll get to it. That's fine. That's fine. I'll let it go. It's not a bacterial infection that gives you mind powers. Yeah. Like it's a fucking Stephen King book. Like, (laughs) I bet you he read Firestarter and thought mind control and mindset was cool. (laughs) Yeah, you know what would be really cool? If the force was like mind control. <laughs> Sounds fucking gay, dude. Shut up. I thought we were making a space western. Shut up. Make my movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard him. Hey, much? hey, hey, guys. He hey. wants this carpenter in the movie now. Hey, uh, um, how, how, how much am I paying you? Yeah. How I'm much a carpenter. I'm, how much am I paying you? Shut up and make the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, the thing. That's why no one said no to him. I bet everyone there was paid so well. Who's going to say no? To the guy that is paying you more than you'd get at any other job. Yeah. It's just like, hey, boss man. Um, Well, he put fucking Han Solo. He put fucking Harrison Ford in the goddamn movie, for fuck's sake. Yeah. This guy wasn't shit. This guy was a carpenter. <laughs> That's what he was. That's all he was. He was a fucking production assistant who happened to be a carpenter. I mean, he became Jesus, apparently. Yeah. Okay, baby. Uh, so, so, we're getting that exposition from then. And Luke is kind of getting it, kind of not. 
he's kind of just like playing his luck and just swinging a fucking lightsaber around in a small fucking ship you know just they're just willy-nilly singing this fucking thing around they just cut a dude's arm off like it wasn't shit yep and now he's blind doing it yeah yeah he's blind doing it because you need the force and then we go back to the the ballroom scene where yeah. he's just like, hey, check this shit out. Hey, crank this motherfucker up to 11. This bitch wants to see how fast this thing can go. Check out the IMAX screen. Goosh. It destroys the whole goddamn planet. And perfect fucking visuals, you know, for that time. The oh, whole yeah. planet being destroyed. That's fucking metal. That was one of my favorite scenes when I finally got Star Wars on VHS. Uh, my grandmother had a really good sound system connected to the TV. Dude, I repeated that scene so many times with that mm, yep. because it hit that subwoofer just right and I was just like, oh! <laughs> and what was cool was the startup of the Death Star, right? The ramp Commence up. firing sync ones. And like, they're cranking the lever up. They got, you see like lights go up and down and you see those two guys which are like a the ledge next to the beam going off and it, i love the family guy he's like you think we got like a, a rail here <laughs> like we work for the empire we're not going to get a rail yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's an osha fucking problem yeah. like you need a rail <laughs> you <don't- laughs> yeah and the, oh yeah that's how it ends it's like yeah but i mean empire or not i mean this is definitely a safety hazard he's like will you tell the emperor <laughs> now you tell him you motherfucker uh, you tell him so they so it, it kind of coalesces into one point it's like a bunch of lasers one major laser cool as fuck cool as fuck one of the coolest sci-fi elements in sci-fi movie history I will say that that, that would be like number two or number one of coolest things that ever happened in a sci-fi movie is a Death Star firing one off so they destroy Alderaan in front of her which is Dogish and all that. Like, oh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't make her watch it and then blow her fucking brains out because there's no reason to keep her alive now. Logistically, there's no reason for the bad guys to keep Leia around. Why? She's a spy from Alderaan who was spying for Alderaan, which was the home planet of the rebels. Well, they keep her. Well, strategically, it does make sense to not kill her, though. She's an ambassador to a planet that doesn't exist anymore. Mm hmm. Her voice has no more resonance in the Senate. But she has knowledge and power of that former empire. Yeah, but like, see, what I'm saying is, like, logistically, there's no reason to keep her around anymore. I know why they keep her around in the movie, but, like, logistically, there's no reason to keep her around. <laughs> like, Darth Vader's been like, all right, she's good. Like, we, we drugged her a while ago and got some answers, but most likely got some answers out of her. Most likely. Well, I, I think that was the reason they did that, is because she wasn't speaking. Yeah. So, so now there's just the planet's destroyed, and then we get back to Obi Wan real quick. And he's having a stroke. Yeah, he's having he's having he's he's sundowning. Um, <laughs> he, and, he's having a senior moment. Yeah, and he's like, "Wait, hey Ben, what's going on?" He's like, "I just heard a million voices cry out, and get snuffed out immediately." And Luke's like, "Fuck, I forgot to give him his medication." <laughs> and Han Solo's over here, right? What did I say? And Chewbacca's, oh, bullshit. Chewbacca's over talking to R2. He's like, I think we should let this motherfucker out the cockpit. Like, <laughs> no, he's talking to R2 going, I swear to God, I saw you. Yeah, I saw you. You were there on such and such planet back in the day. Fucking maybe. Um, and another, a, another little element that's added to it is the little chessboard game. Yes. The little monster game they're playing, I love that because mm-hmm. that's a little that that kind of adds to the environment of Star Wars. It, it, a, it builds the world bigger, yeah, because it, it implies that within this world of good and bad and a whole bunch of business and work, 
there's still some games to be played. But like it, it adds stuff to the world's more cohesive. Is like, oh yeah, there's like little stuff here and there. Even at the bar, everyone's drinking a different type of drink. You know, people people in this world still drink and have a good time. You know, they're listening to music, they're playing games. You know, there's still a life to be lived. It may only be one game and one song, but they're yeah. listening and playing. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's the world they live in, but that's the galaxy they live in. Granted, the whole Star Wars universe revolves around what one, two, three. Six planets, roughly. Yeah, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's a galaxy of planets, so fuck it. Um, nah. Uh, so during this whole time, they they they're going light speed and they go toward Alderaan. Their shit's getting fucked up. Yep. All right. Oh, we've hit an asteroid field. Yeah, this is an asteroid. Field. This is a fucking remnants of a planet that's just been destroyed. Uh. And they're ducking and dodging, and then they come across the Death Star. A moon? Yeah, that's no moon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved that that was the actual dialogue. Huh. huh. Is that a moon? Huh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so well what is it <laughs> so now this is where han solo comes in handy is like all right guys this is the plan these are the bad guys i've dealt with these motherfuckers before we're gonna sneak on the ship get the fuck out cut the shield off and get the fuck well, out of here technically <laughs> his initial plan was yeah fuck this shit yeah slamming the bitch in reverse <laughs> and then the protector beam has him and he's just like well shit never mind <laughs> so, so now we have a plan yeah all right and you guys go, uh, Luke, you're with me. We're going to pretend we got Chewie as a prisoner. You, old man, go turn off the fucking shield. Simple fucking plan. Okay? I love this because it's the hijinks of, like, Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. It's like the ship, the Falcon goes into the Death Star, lands, opens up. No one comes out. Two troopers go in, get their fucking shit yeah, rocked. Yeah, you hear. <laughs> yeah. And here comes Luke and Han in goddamn like their clothes yeah and like no one acknowledges because we never see them dump the bodies there's two dead guys on the ship when they dip dip out of there we never acknowledge that there's two dead guys on the fucking you're right yeah (laughs) oh fuck i did not think about that because han and luke did not knock them the fuck out because no you heard blasters yeah that would also be a liability two knocked out guys on the falcon who just wake up in time like holy shit where the fuck are we help Help, goddammit. Help. <laughs> wow, I really did not connect those dots before. That's fucked up. And you notice that Han and Luke don't have blast marks on their armor. Mm-hmm. So that means they snuck up behind them, most likely took their helmets off, and shot them. Execution style, on their knees, begging for their lives. All we heard was pew pew. What I heard was, oh god, oh god. <laughs> Please, not in, not in front of my family. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, just say it. There's there's two bloody bodies on the Falcon whose heads are fucking hamburger. (laughs) 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 R2 rolls up on it. (laughs) R2 tucks out his little saw, starts cutting them up. (laughs) Starts putting them in the garbage. And C-3PO is like, I guess I'll help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless the maker. (laughs) Yeah. So, so... They do the prisoner thing where it's like, we have this fucking Wookiee piece of shit. We're going to go, you know, do this, do that. We need to sell. And they get away with it. At all intents and purposes, they fucking slide through that motherfucker. Obi-Wan 
is dun, 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 doing Mission Impossible and getting through that motherfucker because he's got the communicator. He's like, open this door, open this door because he's in contact with uh, R2. Yep, because they dropped them off at the uh, the little cell block where R2 can hack into the mainframe, essentially, yep. and control the devil. And uh, if I recall correctly, uh, Han Solo uh, pistol whips a dude <laughs> with a gun. Uh, so, what? What? okay, so the, the roll down on that is they, they get in the elevator, they go up, they force their way into the prison, the, block. Whole, the prison block, shoot their way into that, then the guy gets on the radio. Yeah. And the guy's like, uh, what's happening there? It's like, uh, nothing. It's a, it's fine. It's fine. We're all fine here. Um, how are you? <laughs> the best. I would love to think that that's was a semi. Si- I would love to think that's a semi ad lib from yeah. uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. Just him taking the piss out of the situation. Says, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> but during that time, R two finds out the person they're looking for is on this goddamn ship. That's right. So we need to break her the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get one of the most badass characters in all Star Wars, Princess Leia. Who knows how to handle her fucking self around a firearm? Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Stay here and die, you stuck-up bitch. <laughs> Second best line from the Family Guy special. Well, stay here and die, you stuck-up bitch. Just stay here and rot. Uh, so, I, I just love the stories of Carrie Fisher talking about how George Lucas like conned her into wearing certain shit. Yeah, he's like, well, there's no bras in the future. Yeah. Like, this ain't, I thought this was a long time ago. Shut up. <laughs> there's no bras. It's fake. <laughs> it wouldn't work. What? Okay. Tape. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah she said she had more tape on her tits during the first two uh <laughs> movies than anything yeah just lifting and placing and cover <laughs> nips yeah but uh so so now we have han chewbacca luke and leia shooting their way out luke's not really great with a gun we found that out leia however shoots from the goddamn hip and don't fucking miss mm-hmm. she's like give me that and like, yeah cut, 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 take that you son of a bitch cut, yeah. cut, 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 cut. and you try she, she doesn't have like a fucking panic attack the whole time where she's like you kill my planet <laughs> just walks up to one pleading and just blows his fucking brains out but don't forget the star wars universe is only for guys and ever since the very first movie it's been a male-dominated thing and we have no room for strong female characters in star wars the most badass characters lay in the first movie period yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca, I, I, Chewbacca's scary, but like that—that's what—that's why I laugh every time I hear that argument. I'm just like, yeah. really, the franchise that birthed like one of like the top three strongest female characters, and you're gonna say that this is a misogynistic franchise? Get the fuck out of my face! So they all get escape. They all escape. Obi Wan's trying to make his way back. R- he's already sent R two back. R 2s back with the guys. C three PO's on the ship panicking. <laughs> Because he's got these bodies to cut up, and he does he needs help. <laughs> so they get back to the ship, but before that happens, Obi Wan feels it that oh shit, the bad guy's behind me, the one I told Luke about, and now we get to see how bad this motherfucker really is. And granted, it's kind of slow paced, it's very simple, but in the seventies, that's badass. So in context, you know context is everything in those goddamn Star Wars movies. That is a badass scene. And an additional piece of context I think is very valuable. This was when Lucas was very conscious of the fact that the sabers had a weight to it. Yeah. When you turned it on, you heard that that hum. 
that hum was supposed to have like this magnetic gravitational pull and heaviness to it kind of like the dark saber does in the mandalorian series yeah. so yeah for them to be a little bit more lumbering and like a it's yeah. like yeah these things are supposed to have a little bit of oomph to them when they clash they clash it's just the way the same as a saber weighs a saber if you ever picked up one has a, has a little bit of fucking weight to it vader pulls his out it's red now Pink. We, yeah, <laughs> but all red red team versus blue team this is that example this is what's bred into us as kids it's like there's a good team and a bad bad team ramsey's off in the corner going yes yes i'm burning the shit out <laughs> and we see the fight happen obi-wan is holding his own to a point vader's you know very offensive in the fight you know he's, he's well he's, he looks like he's swinging a bat all right and Obi-Wan's, you know, milling around just trying to kill time until he sees Luke and acknowledges the fact that my time is over. I need you to see this. This is the guy I was telling you about. Posts up, gets taken down, turns into a spirit ghost, whatever the fuck he wants, whatever, whatever he turns into <laughs> ash, nothingness ascends to heaven i don't know vader just turns to confusion as he's like the what the fuck, fuck is this as he's like stomping the cloak being like the fuck <laughs> i want to think i want to think that like there's a deleted scene of of darth vader taking his helmet off and looking through like kenobi shit and finding like a little like polaroid of him and fucking obi-wan when they were still like can you imagine how fucking rough that would have been Ooh. of like obi a young obi-wan and a kid, some Jake Lloyd looking motherfucker, and just like, and he chucks it, and it's like, well, then, well then you hear a force ghost go, get fucked, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, motherfucker? Uh, yeah. I'm inside your head. Yeah. yeah. But like, that would have been like, some, what, what kind of stuff would Obi Wan carry? And it, like, what if it's like Easter egg stuff or down the road? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he did have like a little photo of them after uh on uh, naboo after yeah. the fight what During if he the had, celebration yeah. yeah what if he had something like that that would have been cool but alas we did not make the movie hindsight, we, hindsight we, fellas hindsight. We, we, um, uh, one of my other like favorite little mini moments i would have loved like, to pick it up that thing that a uh, fucking obi-wan had that that uh, was it obi-wan that had it or was it Luke that had it, the, the, the Luke had it. It was the string that turned, that they ride on. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like it would be funny if he just had one of those on his belt. <laughs> but a, another one of my favorite little mini scenes, and like it kind of passes by if you're not really paying attention to it. But like I love the obscure things. Luke is like totally bummed out because for for all intents and purposes, Grandpa died. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just like, damn. This guy I knew for two days, Dad. And, no, they knew each other longer. He knew him in passing before that. No, That's it. They, no, because he, they're talking about old Ben down by the yada yada. Yeah. This he's sounds a, like the neighborhood guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a neighbor. Either way, he's all distraught over Obi-Wan dying. He's just like, I, I can't believe he's gone. You know, this and the other. This is, this is all kind of fucked up. And then fucking boom like fucking Kramer Han comes running into frame fuck your shit boy get on the gun <laughs> we got company yeah yeah they'll be a chase by TIE fighters and the fact that the, the Death Star only had like two or three TIE fighters go after him is fucking weird yeah 
all right, you just lost a political prisoner. Mm-hmm. And you sent three or four guys out there. And Oh, yeah, by the way, who was on that ship? A Jedi was on that goddamn ship. I thought we killed all these goddamn... Th- no, there's something special about that fucking ship. There's something special about that stupid little bitch. There's something special about that boy who yelled no. I get it. He looked familiar. He looked like a guy I killed back in 87. Like... <laughs> <laughs> But like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just that. This Darth yeah. Vader, like you look like that bitch I killed. <laughs> so they're fucking hitting the gas, fucking doing burnout, and that motherfucker, boom, gone. <laughs> they're out that motherfucker. And you're right, the PTSD effect just overwhelms Luke, and he gets on the gun, <laughs> and he starts lighting motherfuckers up, and he cheers like, "Fuck yeah, die, you son of a bitch!" And Han says, "Like, calm down, bro. <laughs> don't get penisy. Yeah, don't get penisy." <laughs> And it's it's a cool scene, you mm-hmm. know, because now we're seeing like the start, the, an actual battle in space between a bigger ship and like the bad guys. You know, it's the chase scene from a western. Yeah. You know, uh, what's funny is like there's a there's a there's a western I watched and it's the exact same thing. This guy breaks out of jail, steals the horse, takes off with a woman, and there's three guys on horse who are wearing black. And the way they silhouette it is like he's in front, but they're on the horizon line. So now there's like three guys coming at him. And the way it looks with their cowboy hats, it looks like the fucking like stilts of the TIE fighters. Ah, and nice. all I saw was just like, oh, it's the Millennium Falcon. And then he turns around and shoots one right dead in the fucking head. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's metal as fuck, bro. And after that, Leia's like, yo, get me back to my base. I can take these motherfuckers down. Yeah, they go to uh, Yavin 4. Yavin 2 and 3 are, are destroyed, and Yavin 1, uh, no one really likes. Nope. <laughs> we don't talk about number one. Number one. No, n- bad written. <laughs> Ugh, puppets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they, yeah, so they go to Yavin 4, the, the main base, which is actually you know brought up quite a bit. And that was actually one of those one of those books I had, one of those photography books. Yes. And uh, that ruined Star Wars for me because they told me who Chancellor Palpatine was. <laughs> <laughs> It was in like a small paragraph, and they just show. And this is like just the original three movies were out. Yeah, the prequels hadn't even started, but it showed the big picture at the bottom of one giant page was Yavin for the Force, and like the guy with the little speaker. Yeah, got him. But so they boot and rally. So many words. They boot and rally, and we find out that Leia and R two have been keeping the secret that there's a planet destroying. PlayStation, PlayStation, <laughs> space station, but it has a big old hole in it that needs to be shot through. Right? Yep. Uh, and I love that Luke is as part of this conversation, even though he is not a soldier. He is just a guy that showed up, and he is the most redneck motherfucker. Oh hell yeah, brother! I can shoot that shit out the air, man. He's like, he looks at Biggs and starts popping like, might as well pull, pull a dip in. Like, well, yeah, it's, so it's like the redneck showing up to the fucking CIA meeting. He's just like, shit, I can shoot that whole ass no wider than the romp rats I used to shoot back in my old four back in on that Tatooine. Yeah. yeah, Big, yeah, Biggs, Big should be like, yeah, this country boy can shoot, brother. I tell you what, I tell you what, and he starts pulling out some space dip. Like, Go ahead, son, pull yourself some space snuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Let, give me one of them goddamn jets. I'll shoot that motherfucker real quick. I'll give a fuck. My Darth, parents. Darth Vader. Oh, Darth, we skipped one of the biggest moments of Star Wars. Ben and Luke go back to his house. Oh, yeah, and they're dead. And they're fucking dead and shit. He's like, this looks like the workings of stormtroopers. And it's just like, what? Bullshit. In hindsight, these motherfuckers can't shoot for shit. Yeah. All they can do is shoot rebels. <laughs> but then you got Luke over here. <laughs> With a baby killer 9000. That's right. So they fucking 
fucking Han Solo's about to leave. And Luke kind of chastises him a little bit. He's like, you're not going to help the fuck out? He's like, nah, man, I got me some money. I got me some... I got some gas in the car. I'm fucking leaving. About to get some space cooch. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going back to Tatooine, man. I can kick some ass and get some tail. <laughs> all right, I've already kicked all the ass, and I'm going to get some tail. And he's like, man, you could really help us out. All right, kid, whatever. And uh, they give him a fucking X-Wing. Yeah. He's never... We've never seen him pilot a ship. We've seen him drive a car. <laughs> They're giving him basically an F-22 Raptor. <laughs> hey, Chris, you drove here earlier. Yeah, I could, uh, I could drive. You want to fly us to uh, Jersey? Yeah, I could do that. Sweet. I could shoot some shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me out the cockpit window. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> but, dude, they decided to be like, all right, this means go. This means fire. Here's your droid. Get out there and be somebody. <laughs> and they give him R2. The thing that carried the secret goddamn information. Okay. I mean, but it was his droid. Yeah, he stole it fair and square from the Jawas. No, they bought it. Mm-hmm. They bought it from the Jawas. The Jawas stole it. He bought stolen goods. Therefore, he has stolen material. He Actually, he bought a slave. Because, honestly, in, in reality, the Jawas just human trafficked C-3PO and R2-D2. Tra- robo-trafficked. Yeah, robo-trafficked them into slavery at the, uh, the Owen farm. Yeah. So, in reality... Owen to the robots it's the owen plantation that's massa <laughs> <laughs> i'll mix the water i'll mix it good <laughs> so they decide he decides to go on this suicide run which i love it's just like oh we got like four or five squadrons not that many and we're gonna go attack this thing that destroys planet did i mention it's like a hornet's nest filled with goddamn tie fighters oh and there may be a star destroyer maybe Let's just, let, just just in case, we just let us spy a robot that we chase down, and they house the Jedi, and they had a younger guy, and we know that the Jedi usually keep younger people around as Padawans, and we just let them go. Maybe we should like boot and rally the force and have like thirty goddamn starfighters here, and like maybe some star destroyers just kind of like patrolling the area to make sure a, a ragtag bunch of rebels don't show the fuck up and shoot the giant hole in the back. Yeah. Let's shoot a hole in the gas tank. You know let's, let's not do that. Let's not. Fuck it. Why not? We're balls to the wall. Tarkin is like. Balls to the wall. That's what he's jamming to the whole time. And Vader's just like, hey, I want to talk to you. And he's just like, throws his headphones. God damn it. I can't get no fucking minutes alone. Fuck. <laughs> we, we missed the part where uh, Darth Vader choked to do during a staff meeting. If, well, yeah, that was the Tarkin thing. Yeah, yeah just. <laughs> like, that shit ain't real. <laughs> like, yeah, it's real now, ain't it, bitch? Huh? Huh? You and your hokey religions. <laughs> My hokey religion can t- reach out and touch you. Boo. <laughs> Got you, bitch. <laughs> do you feel that? That's me tickling your taint. <laughs> All I can hear is, do you feel that? All right, so now our guy, our main character, in the span of an hour and a half, went from farming water on a desert to being in a fucking X-Wing starfighter to destroy the largest ship the bad guys have ever created. Yeah. He It's drafted. <laughs> That's what happened. He was drafted. They gave him the fucking uniform of a dead guy. You know it was a dead oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, it's dirty. He's got blood on it. Blood's not even washed out. It's not even washed out. There's blood still on it. Biggs is like, all right, let's do this, kid. Let's fuck him up. All right, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, Biggs is gone. Yeah, boom, gone. <laughs> boom, gone. Um, well, at least I still got you, Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive in space, just gargling. <laughs> so, 
the 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 fight happens all right the climax third act they get into position they're going down the trench cool fucking scene original scene you know a cool little that's called back a lot to in other movies and it's and like all intents and purposes it's very well done for the stuff they had at the time you know they had to build all that shit so uh, to throw huge props to the builders and the editors mm-hmm. um one of my favorite little movie tricks happens uh when they first dip into the trench um it's from the top pov you're kind of coming in from the right side yep. and then you swoop down swoop up and then you're kind of you balance out balance out there is a moment and you can notice it when you're watching it in slow-mo when you're coming down there's lasers kind of going diagonal across mm-hmm. and down the side there's a flashbang that makes an entire like two to three frames of pure white when it cuts back into the footage we're in a different place what initially started as them zooming in on a photo has now flashed to them flowing into the model set yeah and that's one of my favorite little tricks ever in a movie is just that zoom in on the photo and then that millisecond flash is what mm-hmm. cuts them into the model yeah it, it industrial light magic did a fucking fantastic that's where they come from um and that's george Lucas' baby you know that's tricks of the trade you know and they had was what's funny is like those guys who worked for industrial light and magic all had experience working on sci-fi projects working on stuff like buck rogers working on stuff like battlestar galactica you know all these things all these sci-fi projects of the time took the knowledge of that and then created brand new stuff yeah and were able to use like simple tricks you know people like the people that were like George A. Romero came from, those simple like puppet effects to do makeup and do, hey, how can I get a guy that looks like he's got re- realistic horns? How can I get a a, a, a scary giant ET looking character with a giant T head? You know how to make it look it look real and not a puppet? You know? Yeah. So those guys are the unsung heroes of Star Wars. Those are what made Star Wars Star Wars. Okay. And so going back to Luke, he is fucking trying his best trying to survive this fucking trench run and the guy behind him gets killed boom gone but then we see three tie fighters a little a tight little squad of guys come in and then we see the black face of the troopers those were different those were cool mm-hmm. those are we find out later are your more elite one especially in uh, battlefront 2 you find out that the black stormtroopers are the most dangerous ones because they have like the most kills under their belt and they know how to shoot and how to fly and how to kill <laughs> so it's darth vader in his ship he has a special tie fighter of his own and now it's the good guy versus the bad guy and they're bobbing and weaving vader loses one of his tail guys mm-hmm. so and he can't quite get a fucking hit on this kid, and he's just like this little bastard. Like, there's I so- knew I should have upgraded my fucking navigation system. This lock sucks. And in hindsight, we can under- understand that. If, in my mind, the reason he can't shoot Luke because Luke doesn't really know how to fly the goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody he's shooting are people who are experienced pilots who fly in straight lines and tight corners this motherfucker's probably shaking like a motherfucker and like just can't keep it right <laughs> right this motherfucker's trying to hold on the joystick and start a fire at the same time and he just can't hold on 
Lucas was hoping people were inferring that he was using the force to or like navigate. some master pilot. He's not. He's a kid behind the fucking cockpit of an F fourteen. He's like, he's, what the fuck? I have you now. No, you don't, because I don't even know where I'm going. Like, <laughs> he's like, this kid's making massive maneuvers, and it's just like, I don't even know where oh he's going. Oh my go- god! And it's Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Luke's like, I don't know what to do. The fucking the, the country the country boys is kind of roared off a little bit. And, and then Obi-Wan hops in and said, shut up, calm down. He's decided, yeah, he tells him, don't use technology, use the force. Fuck it. Go back to the old ways. Yeah, yeah. But he's basically like, fuck it, I guess the old man's right. And before he does, Vader gets the beat on him. Mm-hmm. And here's the country boy cancer. Bye! Fucking second. The Millennium Falcon comes in. Pop, pop! Yeah, gives him the fucking yeehaw. And he yeed that haul all the way up his ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he gets those two shots off. And I love the exhale. The, <sighs> there's nothing he can do. Yep. He got two shots off and he pulls out because there's no way he could do it. And also, to reverse back up like 10 seconds in that scene, after the Yahoo and he kind of does that, you know, like look around of like, what? oh shit. I love how Han says something about like, all right, kid, now bring us home. Something like that, where it was just like, hell yeah, fucking get it. Yeah, and it's a space western now. It's a space fantasy, but it's a western. And he pops two shots off, get out of there, and there's no way they had enough time to get the fuck out of there, but they would have been smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Obliterated. So, because we see it charge up again, Mm -hmm. because what they're going to do is they're going to turn that Death Star around and shoot it at the transport vehicle. And Tarkin is just sitting there. I love that Tarkin is there, and he's just waiting for that fucking shot to get off. Because after that shot gets off, he wins. Yep. Nope. He doesn't. We don't get no like ah. We don't get none of that. Stand by. Stand by. And that's <laughs> and that's the scary thing about space. If something goes wrong like that, you no wouldn't one can know. Hear you scream. Well, you wouldn't know. You'd be dead too fast to know. Yep. And that's kind of the scary part of it. But yeah, they fucking saved the goddamn day. And this part happens. The the childy part happens, which doesn't really fit the... It never fits well in a Star Wars movie, but it happens in every Star Wars movie, just about. They're back on some planet. We're not sure what planet. But Leia gives them, like... I think that was back on Yavin. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't see that part of Yavin but they're it looks like they're in front of a mansion <laughs> yeah but like she they're all lined up and they're going to celebrate the guys who destroyed the Death Star Han Solo Chewbacca and Luke okay he shows us some new new clothes which I had that toy yeah the, the, the end of New Hope toy, the yellow jacket gun mm-hmm. alright someone gave him a gun <laughs> <laughs> who gave this man a gun Han Solo took it off the dead body of one of the guys <laughs> here kid here's that guy you killed remember in cold blood oh my shit trophy remember you wore his clothes for like a day <laughs> and that's oh, another Han, thing you said Dude, you were going bring that thing. up anymore that's another thing I, if imagine if they had escaped and not gotten Leia if they had just dipped out of the Death Star and left. And let's say they made it to Yavin Fort. For some reason, they knew that was a safe spot. The guys looking over the ship, there's like, there's two dead bodies and you guys are wearing Stormtrooper outfits. 
<laughs> Are you two? These two stormtroopers hijacked this ship and killed these two pilots. It's just like, get them, get them, pop, 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 pop. You just like let them fuck up. In hindsight, that's what this one did. But no, they give the, the giant celebration, and it's the the, the about face <laughs> directed by George Lucas. Blah blah blah. And I'm just like, that takes me out of it every time. Really, dude. I'm just like, how should it have ended then? In Chris Morrison's Star Wars, how should it have ended? He should have went back to the Falcon and fucked Leia. I knew that was coming. Because <laughs> she would have been like, we got some more shit to do. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we hey, do. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how? More, can you imagine how like more? more compelling it would have been they made it back to Yavin 4 they celebrate for like two seconds and have a Yavin 4 way oh yeah. but they're like Chewie's included but like because it's the 70s and there's a lot of suspense back then you know in movies toward the ends what if it was General Leia she's no longer Senator Leia General Leia two star cruisers inbound credits but then they would have to pick up on that for the yeah. next movie, and they weren't sure if they would make a next movie. Yeah, true. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> Even though he said he wrote most of it before the movie finished filming. All six movies. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on my face. Ew. <laughs> Chris just jacked off the air. <laughs> but no, that's, that's, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars that's in a Star nutshell. Wars. It's, no, it's no Star Trek, but it's all right. Well, guys, if you're still with us after that two and a half hour trek. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Our three hour trek in Empire. God. <laughs> But if you're still with us, make sure and check out the merch shop link in the episode description as we got Couch Potatoes merch, ladies and gentlemen. We got the t-shirts. We got the hoodies. We got the drinking glasses. We got sticker packs. We got pins. We got it all, baby. And we got shows all on this network for every kind of shit you'd like. We got something good for you. History of Forgot, The Crypto Conspiracy Cult, which new episodes of that will be coming out here we soon. We got stuff and things. We got all the stuff and things. And of course, this fucking guy with Mikey and Dante. They've yep. been kicking ass. They've been doing a great job. And of course, let's just let us know in the Discord or the comments anywhere you are listening to this what you think we ought to do next. I am definitely in a paycheck or two going to purchase the, uh, the Death Rider Glenn Danzig movie on uh, DVD. That way we can watch it and give it a full review. That way, because I, I just I feel like that's going to be ripe, ripe for content. <laughs> and Chris is just dreading it. <laughs> it will be right up here with Voodoo Apocalypse, I swear to God. I think it's going to be worse than Voodoo Apocalypse. Shit. <laughs> but for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? Star Wars really should have opened with Luke with his rifle shooting womp rats with his goddamn T-16. Well, yeah! Get it! Get it! You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description. 